Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. I'm Rich Yelvin here live with, well, that's Eugene Benton coming to you on a beautiful, chilly, yet awesome, amazing Wednesday night here on Southern Sports Central. Got a great group of men coming in here tonight. We'll start off with David Shelton with the Post and Courier. He covers multiple, and I mean multiple, media outlets around the state of South Carolina. And you can always catch him right here at 630 on Wednesday nights as he is the high school guru him and of course uh, a few of us do what we do on friday nights but we do a lot of work prior to friday night and definitely after friday night as a him and phil corn blue have been bringing it on the airwaves as you guys were on the way home throughout the state in south carolina you could hear them on multiple uh dials across the state when they would have basically their scoreboard show have multiple guys that do the play-by-play like myself call in and kind of recap the games and the season with them and, of course, he also checks out with Bobby Harden, usually on Friday afternoons, where he kind of gets you ready and kind of sets the stage with you. And as I said, right here with us on Wednesday night. So, David Shelton, one of those guys who writes for multiple publications, covers it on multiple avenues around the state and the audio world as well. Now, Jerome, will please, because coming up at 7 o'clock, if this doesn't get you excited, I got to check your pulse for some life in you, because coming up at 7 o'clock, we go from Charleston to Columbia, South Carolina, where we go to the campus of Dutch Fork with the head coach of, of course, the Dutch Fork guys who have now won not four, not five. They've actually won six, but five of those came in a row. That's a state record. He also now is with a North Carolina state record. You put them together. Very impressive. And what we will do tonight is we will hear from the head ball coach himself. Coach Tom Knotts will join us right here at 7 o'clock to talk about their big win against T.O. Hanna on Friday night under the lights, in the rain, and all they can do what they did as he is now part of history on Friday Night Lights, and he will go in the record book as one of the greatest coaches in the state of South Carolina. Then at 7.30, we stay around that Columbia area where we check out with A.C. Florida. That's 4A football at its best as well because Coach Curtis will check in here with us. He'll talk to us about how they – Ended up doing some pretty impressive things themselves, right? They ended up beating a very good North Myrtle Beach team and did it in style. And I thought it was um, just amazing from the beginning to the end of how they had the game plan put in place, the quarterback play, the wide receivers, the defense. Holy moly did the defense show up over there for these guys. So we'll talk to Coach Curtis about that. We'll congratulate his staff and team and all those in that community as well maybe at eight o'clock we get another guest that might come in we'll wait we'll see we don't want to say anything um just yet but we'll wait and see at eight thirty, we head upstate that's Southside christian we would check in in here with uh, coach mike he is of course is the 1a state coach uh who won the state championship in south carolina we'll check in with his guys what a great season 
they had, as you know, anytime you get to hold up that trophy, size up those rings and do the things that these three coaches got a chance to say they did in a season that, quite frankly, we didn't even know if we were going to have. But we did, they did, and we are going to talk about it here with those three coaches here tonight. So without further ado, let me bring in Eugene. Uh, Eugene, a great group tonight. David Shelton going to lead us off kind of that's protocol for 630 on Wednesday nights. And then, man, to get the guy in here, Tom Knotts, who now holds the record in most consecutive wins in the state championship with five, that adds to the other one that he had prior to, which is six now total. That's impressive in itself. Yeah, it is really impressive. It's, uh, you know, I just want to say good day to you, buddy. I know you've been busy. <laughs> We've both been running around. And, you know, what we do here at Southern Force Central, not to get sidetracked, I just want to give a shout-out, man, because, you know, you brought me into this and you told me what it was about. And today it kind of it kind of grabbed me because um <clears throat> had a situation with a young man I've been working with, and I don't want to say uh, a high school, but, you know, the family's had a transition. We'll say that, where one parent's living in one place and one's in the other. And, you know, and we trained a little bit, and then he wanted to talk, and we just sat there and talked about schools and and, and futures and, and college, and maybe taking some visits and camps and grades. And you know, and I told him, I said, "Man, I need you to get me a sheet that's got your GPA and your test scores." I said, "But you know, if 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 it's come down to it, where you know, when you reach a certain age, sometimes kids have to make certain decisions in their life, or or they can. <clears throat> um, and sometimes, which parent you lives in, which." determines which school you're zoned for and uh you know we had a heart to heart about it and uh he's happy where he is uh he might be happier uh at another spot he doesn't know and i said well you know um you know rich and i we know a lot of the coaches and stuff um you don't have to make a decision but the best thing i can do is to tell you make an informed decision if you do and so uh we sat there you know kind of by the truck and just talk for a little bit man and that's kind of something you introduced me to uh when we took this platform and that's you know the biggest goal the biggest thing we can do at any at any point at any day is to help a kid and uh yeah it was it was pretty a uh, pretty good conversation i texted his mom said look you know this is a great lesson and all but even better conversation i'm glad you know you guys trust me uh to talk with the young man as well as training and just uh give some life advice as well so just want to send a prayer out to that young man. I know he's got some stuff going on in his mind. And uh, like I said, he's a great kid, great academically. He's a great athlete. But, uh, you know, so that was that was an interesting part of the day. And I just want to say, man, you know, like I said, uh, when you brought me into this, um, in, into the show and, you know, you said, man, we, I, I need a partner. I need some help. I need you to do this, that, and the other. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is our platform. This is what we do. And this has got to be our greater cause. And, uh uh, I was just thinking about that, so it's kind of weighing on my heart, brother, and I just want to give you a shout-out for being my mentor and all that uh, and kind of getting me to this point where, you know, where I feel like kids and parents reach out and say, hey, you know, uh, can you meet with my son and, and, and talk to him a little bit? And, you know, the young man met me, and we put in some work and had that conversation. But uh, back to the show tonight, I'm really excited. You know, I, I've only heard Tom Knotts talk on, on TV, you know, at the post-game interviews where he's uh, had champions. You know, you were part of that – halftime locker room speech that's inspired you to no end since last year over a year ago um you know and then of course you know over the ac floor with coach curtis and, and going to the upstate and uh you know and, and talking to coach seaborn with the south side christian i mean you know it, you always say you know we tell kids all the time you know show me your friends and i'll show you your future well you know, and uh, there was a quote that I'm sure Chad did not make it up. I, I, I love the guy, and he's smart in a lot of ways. But 
uh, I don't think this was his, but he used to say, you know, if you're sitting in a room and you're the smartest guy in the room, go find a different room. But uh, so I feel like that's kind of where we're at tonight, man. We got all these championship coaches coming in, man, guys that have put it in, you know, over the years. It doesn't take – you don't win a championship in a year, you know, and some of these coaches took over. Uh, for example, I was doing the research on the Southside Christian coach. Southside won a state title four years ago. He was the offensive coordinator on that team. That head coach took a gig somewhere else after they won the state title. He took over. Four years later, those group of freshmen are now state title uh, owners just with him. So uh, really cool, really cool to have guys in like that. Like I said, you know, we're, we're changing rooms to the, tonight. We're going to uh, sit in the room with the smarter guys. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no doubt there, Eugene. I appreciate the kind words. And, and that's the thing. 12 years into doing what I've done here on Southern Sports Central, you know, it, it really means a lot. It means a lot to me because I have so many opportunities to have conversations. You know, again, I, I spoke to a parent today and he and I were having this conversation. He still has one man uh, playing in high school with another young man in college and, and playing power five football. And I said, man, you know, the great thing is that, you know, we watch our boys graduate. They go off to college and, and they do things. But when things that they don't do, the things that they, you know, that they, that they don't do, you know, that you kind of miss on, you know, is – is behind the scenes things. And, uh, you know, for me, I get a chance to see that, you know, but then here comes on the other side, you know, here comes on the other side of the spectrum that you get the reality of, um, you know, of the family side of things. Like the dad calls me today and we had a nice conversation, talked to him about his son who, uh, you know, honestly, you know, is going to be as good, if not better than his brother. And I think that's kind of the deal, but you don't lose those conversations and you don't lose those relationships with moms and dads. And, and yet here we are now about a week away from a big bowl game coming up that, you know, Southern sports central and the high school blitz has put together to put up over there at Ben Lippin for the juniors. It's going to be the elite 88, the uh, best 88, you know, coaches picked by the way, not us. I want to say that really quick. Understand this. Ken Brown, and the South Carolina the high school blitz did not choose the teams, and neither do, did myself and our team here at Southern Sports Central. We did, however, select the coaches as a group. The coaches then select the players. The players have to play the game, and then, well, the rest is the rest. So, you know, understand that is very important. We do have a caller, and I believe we're going to a commissioner. And this is breaking news, by the way. We want to welcome in – of course, the man with the plan, Jay Williams, the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Big Jay, what's up, buddy? Not much, Richie. What's going on, man? We got a loaded show, man. I know you saw it earlier. We got David Shelton coming on. I got, of course, uh, the, the head coach from uh, Dutch Fork, Tom Knotts. He'll be joining us. I got you on here now. Of course, the AC Flora state champion coach coming in, Southside Christian. Good. Uh, we saw, and I talked to him, by the way, about his young guys at 12U. I said, man, not only do they look just like you guys in the pads, they play like you guys on Friday nights, man. So that's kind of a neat thing and even neater to have you jumping in here tonight with some news that's coming up this weekend. Well, I'm glad you were able to squeeze little old Jay Williams into your show with all those heavy hitters <laughs> you got coming up behind me. Hey, man. So I definitely appreciate it. But, so uh, I know this on weekend a, a we'll, be, we'll be heading back over with you guys, right? Yes, we will. But on a, a real quick fun note, since you brought up Southside Christian, their youth team, the Upstate Titans, they'll be playing for the United Youth Football League National Championship this Friday at 2 p.m. Wow. down there in um, Tampa, Florida. So that's amazing. Um, 
they have a chance to bring home the national championship back to the state of South Carolina, that same program you were just speaking of. It's a small world, brother, and I see some other things happening, that some uh, some announcements that you made over there, Commission. Uh, I'm going to give you the floor for a good three or four minutes, man. Uh, you know, spill the beans, put everything out on the table, and let's see what's what's coming out this weekend as uh, you guys are going to get ready to shut the door. Finally, the final state championship game to be played this weekend, but I know there's some new teams that look to be added to the roster and to the scheme of things coming up in 21. Well, yes, uh so we played the 6U, 8U, and 10U state finales two weeks ago at Fort Northchester High School. Big shout-out to Coach Pratt again for opening up his facility to us. And uh, he's opening up for us again this Saturday to actually get the 12U state championship game in. Um, Rock Hill, who was the upstate winner, had a couple of players test positive for COVID. They had to quarantine for two weeks. They have retested. Everyone's good to go. So we'll finally get the game in. Um, Coach Pratt has opened the stadium back up to us. It will be a 2 p.m. kickoff uh, to make it uh, as more as better 11 playing field as we can. We're getting referees from outside of the lower state, um, actually from the Midlands area, to officiate the game. Uh, it's a great team, the Rock Hill team. They just beat the Upstate Titans, the Southside Christian youth team that we speak of, who may win the national championship here on Friday. So. That shows you how good Rock Hill is. If they didn't catch the, those cases of COVID, they very well would would have probably been down there and competing themselves for that national championship. Um, so, and then our Fort Dorchester Patriots down here, um, they're no joke either. They're undefeated as well. So it's going to be a great game, um, heavy competition hosted by yourself in Southern Sports Central. Um, it's going to be amazing, man. No, it is definitely going to be amazing. Um, We're looking forward to that. That's a 2 o'clock kickoff, right, Jay? Yeah, 2 p.m. kickoff. Uh, Ford is actually doing a Toys for Tot event that day. So they're tying in both Toys for Tot and the state championship game all in one. So it's more games than this, that one that day. At 12 noon, uh, my 8U Women Wolverines will take on the Fort 8U Fort Dorchester Patriots. Then the state championship game. Uh, then the, at 4 p.m., it will be the North Charleston G-Men against the West Columbia Tigers out of AAU. So we're incorporating AAU in this event to show everybody we can work together. And then the finale is the 10U Low Country Golden Knights against West Columbia Tigers 10U um, at 6, huh, 12, 2, 4. Yeah, 6 p.m. I had to make sure I had my times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that will wrap up. You know, the Skyfoot season this year, um, that last game, and it's a great thing that they're doing Toys for Tots as well as getting the state championship in. So we're asking everyone bring a brand-new toy, uh, wrapped or unwrapped, whatever. We accept it. Um, it's really fourth event. I did partner with NAS to pull, get it Also, I mean, it's, it's a great event that's about to occur Saturday, along with the state championship <laughs> No doubt. A lot happening, guys. Again, Southern Sports Central will be there early. We will go live around 1.30. 1.30 will be the kickoff pregame for the state championship in 12U, the boys in the upstate versus the boys in the lower state. And then we should be able to get some pregame or postgame interviews down on the field. I'm looking forward to being back there to kind of have that finale around. And, again, I want to thank Coach Steve LaPrade, 
the athletic director, head football coach over at Fort Dorchester for opening up his facility one more time, of course, to the SCYFA, of course, the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Again, again, we look at the other news and some other stuff. Uh, Jay, I saw you posting, Commission, that there were a few teams. Looks like they're going to be added to the list next year. And as I like to hashtag, here we grow. And again, we look to be adding some teams out of that Burke County area. Well, yes, I made two posts. Um, the first one was teams that already been a part of the league last year and had to sit this year out because numbers were down due to the COVID scare. And they all wish to come back next year so in the rejoin the league. And then we just had an abundance of interest at a lot of these schools in the low country that are wishing to start new programs up at their schools. Um, uh, the Berkeley Stags is one team that's interested in, in joining. Uh, then we have uh, – I spoke with Joe Call out in Oceanside. He's ready to bring a team in. Uh, Wando's ready to bring a team in. Uh, James Island, John's Island. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, Burke is interested in the Alaskan Squires. They actually played their games at Stratford this year, but did not use the name. Well, they're going full blown and converting their name over to the U Stratford Knights next year as well. So a couple of people just making some minor adjustments. Some people bringing in brand new programs. Others coming back that were a part of the league in year one that had to sit out this year. So it can be amazing down here in the little country. We will pretty much be touching basically every high school that here shortly, and which was the ultimate goal at the beginning anyway. Yeah, that's exactly right. Jay Williams is the commissioner for the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Southern Sports Central is the official radio broadcast, social media push, you name it, we do it on this side of the world of, of course, this partnership. Looking forward to what we continue to do and grow in 2021. It's been a good year, Jay. You and I, of course, had a chance to really kind of form this family bond. We actually talk a lot more, you know, than we do on the Fridays and Saturdays. We do a lot of this conversation throughout the week. And, of course, I've had a chance to meet your direct family and, of course, the whole South Carolina Youth Football Association family. A lot of those uh, guys that run their programs, coach the programs around the state, not only just here in the low country, man, but I got to tell you, for what you guys are doing, and I've had this conversation with multiple coaches. One of those was, uh, you know, Coach Knotts, or the other one was Coach Sunborn over there in uh, Southside Christian, and even talking to Coach Curtis over there at AC Floor, you know, it, it, this is the wave of the future. You know, to have these young men playing in the same uniforms from not just six, eight, 10, 12, and all the way up from B team to JV to varsity means a lot. And I know that they enjoy watching that entire process from beginning to end become a really big thing. So I got to tell you, man, I know you guys, it was the first year, but I got to tell you, man, for the first year, it went great. And I thought you guys handled a lot of things in first class, man. I mean, yeah, it was uh, tremendous for the first year. We tried to handle everything as best as we could. Um, had some small adversities, but I, I really think the season was successful. Yeah, I really do as well, Jay. We appreciate you, my friend. Uh, anything else you want to drop before I get you out and, and get you sitting back, relax, and go grab yourself a cold to, to enjoy, of course, maybe a monster energy drink like I'm sitting here with or uh, some popcorn because I can promise you, the next two and a half hours is going to be, as the young people say, lit, and no doubt. Well, uh, no, man, I'll be joined on these next two and a half hours listening in. I enjoy listening to the show. 
Um, my, I know we spoke the other day. I don't know if Eugene's energy back or not, but my condolences to him <laughs> and his family. I know, um, you know, the tragedy he's going through right now. So the only other thing I have is condolences out to Eugene and his family, man. Uh, great guy. Sorry that happened to him and his family. Uh, wish him nothing but the best. And, uh, that's basically all I have, brother. Eugene, man, step in, man. I know you uh, You heard the big man talking to you, man. I'll let you say a few things back to him, my friend. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that, man. Uh, you know, my grandma, I grew up there in Waltzboro. She is a big part in raising me, as well as her four, four uh, own children. But my cousin and I were just like, uh, you know, the other two boys, the other four boys, which were my dad and my three uncles, man. She uh big part of our life, you know, raising us up. Started us out in youth football there in Waltzboro putting us on the road back then, man, it was, it was similar to kind of what you had. Uh, you know, this was back in the 80s where, you know, games were played at Ridgeland, High, Ridge, Ridgeland and Hilton Head, and she had the big Cadillac rolling every Saturday morning, man. We, we were on the road playing football somewhere or baseball somewhere, or you know, and she was always, you know, church on Sunday and, uh, uh, you know, fishing on Saturday after that and picking in a garden somewhere. So, you know, it, it was very hurtful, but she had 85 uh, great years. Uh, she touched a lot of lives. There are a lot of kids that just showed up uh, who are now adults that just remembered, you know, having getting off the bus and, and meeting my grandma and my granddaddy at the house at the bus stop and even kids that weren't even part of the family but became part of the family. Uh, they'd get off the school bus and stop in and have some ice cream and, ice cream and pie before uh, they uh, finished the walk down the dirt road to their house in the afternoon. And uh, But I, I definitely appreciate the kind words, man. It's been a it, – it was a, a rough – few days but um, knowing that you know her 85 years were well worth spent and uh, she touched a lot of lives man well, yeah, well guys I appreciate it Jay as well buddy and if there's anything else as you know before now and let's say Saturday around 1.30 we'll, uh, we'll be going live you, we'll get there a little early uh, to kind of get everything set up man but looking forward to the finale man and hey we're throwing this thing in for tour tops man so it's going to be even bigger with a few games as well so on behalf of all of us to you man we appreciate this partnership continue our drive to do the things that we all do together which makes it a little bit easier when you partner up with the right people buddy oh yes brother and yeah if there was anything before saturday i'll let you know but see you saturday and i'll see you all 2021 the southern sports central is the official partner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association and the SEC Conference. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the commissioner. We'll let him sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the show here on Southern Sports Central. Of course, uh, Eugene, when, when we look at things, and, and we get a chance to really partner with so many. I know I've had the chance to, to talk to so many parents on those Saturdays, and you've had a chance to come around here uh, and, and hang out with us in the last few uh, times here, and we look forward to Saturday. You getting there, hanging out with us for the finale, calling the game with me. You know, for you, what what is the biggest thing for for you when you were out there up at Woodland about uh, three weeks ago, I guess now, and, and you saw these young, energetic yet just poised young men and a few ladies, by the way, because they have a few girls on some of the teams. What what we kind of went through your mind after hanging out on Friday nights and seeing some Saturday college football. Well, you know, it's uh, Saturday in college football, and it's so weird. You know, we, we I, you know, if you're following college football today, 
uh, here on a Wednesday, you see all these rule changes going on. You know, the Big Ten's moving things around to get teams, you know, qualified that may not have games. And uh, but you know, you know, college football is kind of you know, if you look at the the youth, especially in the southeast, you know, kids in the northeast and in the north, they grew up supporting some of the um, you know a lot of professional franchises. But uh, when you get down here in the South, uh, you know, a lot of kids just grow up, you know, not necessarily. They do have a favorite football team, an NFL team, but so many of them, especially in this state, you know, it's either a Clemson or a Carolina. You know, now Coastal's over there. They're kind of, you know, still a younger program when it comes to, you know, generations for how long they've been around. But, you know, college football still rules this kind of area of the country. And so, uh, you know, Saturday is a big deal. So when you see the, the young bucks out here playing on Saturday – you know, their their big dreams are they, they look up to the kids on Friday night. But, you know, for the most part, you, you can ask a college, I mean, a, a youth player, hey, where do you want to play? You know, and then you see a lot of them. I was at it, you know, when I was on the sideline the other night, so many of them had mentioned, uh, you know, the word Clemson, you know, and that's their big goals. You know, they want to ball out on Friday so that they can make that Saturday, they can play those Saturday games again, man. I guess there's something special about playing on Saturdays. Yeah, playing on Saturday is a big deal for sure. And we are going to take a break here in just a little bit because uh, we want to get everything set up for David Shelton. As he'll come in and he'll talk about the action on Friday and Saturday as we've crowned, you heard on the show Monday. We had, by the way, a, a handful of guys. One represented from the one, the three, the four, and the five A state championship. Now, the news coming out out of the South Carolina High School League. And, again, I, I would not want that job for anything in the world. I wouldn't want to be the commissioner. I don't think I want to be any of the board members because you're not going to make everybody happy. And that's understandable. However, I hope and I hope and I hope and I hope that if I had one wish in 2020 is that they don't give this trophy halfway, the bottom to one team and the top to the other team. I hope they find a way that there's just somehow some way, even if there's no fans and stands, whatever they got to do that they put these two teams out there on the football field and play this game, Eugene. Uh, sorry about that. You caught me. I was uh, trying to get up ready for our intro, uh, getting set up for our 630 call. But, um, you know, it, it's it, it's a special thing, man. I, you know, the Saturdays have been a challenge for me to get out there. And uh, I tell you, one of the best – and I have to admit, you know, you, you got me out of the day. I wasn't feeling great, and I was – exhausted but I got out there and uh, watched the youth football team and you know so many times sitting in my house I can hear some of the games and I've you know kind of walked up there and seen you know especially the uh, the team out of North Charleston play and there's so much talent in these young kids man and just it's so much fun watching them you know achieve these dreams and to be able you know I was talking to a former college player yesterday quarterback from the low country and it was just like you know what are those kids like first time you put them on the radio I said well a lot of them have that deer in the headlight look like you put a camera in front of their face i said but at the end of the day you know they look back on the experience and that's what it's about uh whether it's playing the games or getting their first time you know being on the radio and stuff like that and uh the mamas the daddies the grandparents the neighbors the family the friends you know all those uh all the people that support them you know it, it takes a village to get these kids uh raised these days and it's getting harder and harder with more challenges out there and things competing for their interest but you know now that we've actually had football and the high school league has done its best and you know for all the criticisms that even we can throw at them you know we, we got the state championships so far four out of five in so we we had 80 percent of getting titles uh crowned uh by play on the field so uh fingers crossed we can get this last game in for sure 
Yeah, no doubt there, of course, talking a little bit about uh, not only the South Carolina Youth Football Association, that was one of the hiccups that got this thing pushed back to this Saturday, and why not put a few games around it? You know, it is the Christmas season. They're able to bring in some toys for top conversation. Of course, we go back to the high schools, and, and you look at Marion, you look at Abbeville, you look at these two teams, and, and to be honest with you, the safety of these individuals is by far the most important thing. You know, I can promise you everybody wants to play the game, but you have to make sure that it's the best thing. I get it. I understand it. Also, the conversation before we get out of here, and we may visit that, actually we'll visit that with David, and, and that is what do we got to do? What do we got to do to salvage not only basketball but the wrestling season? Now, my suggestion is do what Dorchester County, too, has done. You might not like it because you like to watch basketball, but these guys have really gone in. You see Somerville has a camera in the gym. You see Ashley Ridge has a, son, has a camera in the gym. And then the fourth, they bring me back in from football season, put me in for basketball season. Here comes Joe Grammer, and the boys put up the cameras. We got play-by-play, and it's like watching regular basketball on your TV screen. It is an incredible opportunity. But the one thing that is always said, and I can tell you this, Joe Call, a good buddy of mine over there at Oceanside, said the only worry about the things that you can control, Right. If you can control the bodies, you've got a little bit better control of the word COVID. If you control what happens inside the room that you're in, you have a lot more handles on what's going on in the room. That being said, they do not allow those bodies in the gym unless you are a player, a referee, a scorekeeper, or holding some type of a position inside that gymnasium. And that is for Dorchester County, too. The other thing that they did that they put in place, that they can only play the other region on the other side of the 26, if you will, the Berkeley County region, I like to say. So it's seven versus eight, eight versus seven region. And the final thing that they put in place is that they can't go to these tournaments. Now, I understand I grew up in Myrtle Beach, and the Beachball Classic is one of the great tournaments, hands down. Now, the Roundball Classic, pretty good, big deal here as well, and big around the state and around the country. Don't want to downplay the Roundball Classic by no means. But the baseball classic has put in some talent and some dogs way back when. However, this season, not feeling it. I think everybody should have to adapt to no, no, I mean, not one of those tournaments that you're going to see in the Midlands, that you're going to see on the Grand Strand. Are you willing to sacrifice your entire season and not host a championship game, a trophy, get a ring like you saw four different classifications in football do this year just to be a part of a tournament if you will which is not part of the south carolina high school league that's going to get you into the playoffs because they're only taking number one and number two we'll talk about that with david in just a few guys don't go anywhere you are listening to southern sports central on wednesday night here's a little christmas music for you guys as we get ready for our first or now actually our second guest of the night and we appreciate the commissioner from the South Carolina Youth Football Association for all that he does in the community on and off the fields and tagging in and bringing in the boys and girls, well, of Christmas.
Welcome back, everybody. Quickly, we go over to, of course, the man with the plan, and he covers it all the way around, of course, not only here on Southern Sports Central, but around the great state of South Carolina. And that is David Shelton from the Post and Courier. David, what's up, buddy? How's it going? How's me some bubble swings? <laughs> Where are you calling from, man? Where are you eating at? Where, where's the place to eat tonight? I'm at uh, Charleston Sports Pub on uh, Dorchester Road. They have oh, man, 20 so wings for 15 bucks. <laughs> I so love I it, man. So we're getting a live remote all at once. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so you saw the action, to, David, I'll on Friday. I'll try not to choke while I'm talking. Oh, you're gay. Hey, well, definitely don't choke, but definitely enjoy the wings. And, uh, you know, anytime anything else going on, they got a live band, let us know, too, so we can send some listeners that way. That's a good place. Now, David, like let, let, let me ask you this. You saw Friday night. You saw Tom Knox. He's actually going to be joining us right after you at 7 o'clock. That's going to be a good time. First time that we've had him right here on Southern Sports Central. And uh, having him come in here with five in a row, six total, Already know what we what he did before he got to our state. You know, give me the breakdown of Friday and, and what legacy and where does a guy like Coach Knox stand as far as coaches in our state, not only here in South Carolina but around the country in high school football. Well, I, I mean, I, I think uh, what he did, what his team did Friday night was commend him as one of the greatest in our state history. And I mean, you have to you have to call him one of the greatest in the country. Uh, 13 state titles, uh, well over 400 wins. Um, I think he only has like 60, like 65 losses, uh, which is wow. incredible. And uh, I mean, his team was his team was really good Friday night. I mean, uh, there were a lot of people that that thought Hannah was was going to beat Dutch Fork, and I kept saying uh, that Dutch Fork they just come ready to play in these big games. He does such a great job of having his team prepared. I mean, it looked like they knew the plays that uh, Hannah was running, and and they came out and blew open holes. And we saw a young sophomore running back, Jarvis Green, uh, on the biggest stage, uh, really have a huge game. He's going to be one to watch for the next couple of years. And um, you know, if he finds another quarterback, which he's had one for the last eight years, if he finds another one, uh, they're going to win another one next year. Hmm. Live right now, hanging out with, of course, uh, David Shelton with the Post and Curry. He's coming to us live from Charleston Sports over there on Dorchester Road. So, if you're around, sounds like wings are on the menu that you need to get a hold of over there with him and, of course, the crew over at Charleston Sports Bar. Now, David, when you look at some of the other games that took place, uh, we'll go down to 4A. It was by the final game on Saturday night. Coach Curtis joins us at 7.30. AC Floor, man, they really showed up and did what they needed to do, and North Myrtle Beach was stunned. Tell me, how how did it happen where this separation got to be as far as it was and North Myrtle Beach didn't have an answer? Well, it was it was uh, all about the the front, uh, the offensive and defensive lines. North Myrtle Beach had had no uh, they had no shot. Uh, AC Flores defensive front is really good. Um, you know, Matt Real thought they could block them, and he found out shortly after the game started that he couldn't, and it just went downhill. I mean, AC Flores was a better team, and they certainly, you know, I mean, I I was. Talking with some people, if they played ten times, I would say Flora would win seven or eight times, just based on what I saw. Um, I think Flora would give Dutch Fort 
uh, a run for their money uh, because that defensive front totally takes away running games. Uh, North Myrtle Beach came in there wanting to run the football, couldn't, and wasn't good enough to throw the football. So uh, it just got away from them in a hurry. AC Flora was dominant. Um, it was the first time I've seen them live. Uh, I, I got to see a little bit of tape of them, and boy, live they looked even better. Matt Pack is a great running back. Ethan Beamish, quarterback, uh, just played lights out. I mean, he was great. And uh, and their receiver Eric Rice was a really good player. Uh, they just were the better team. I mean, I mean, like I said, if they played ten times, I would see Florida winning seven or eight times. Now we look at another – let's go to 3A where, man, I know you've seen Camden prior to and you got to see another opportunity on Saturday. But, again, another team out of Daniel that comes in here, played smart football, played the football that they needed to to get a big win. We actually had one of their big leading scorers catch a couple touchdowns, hang out with us on Monday night. But, you know, how did they slow down that running game that was so fierce in the lower state but didn't have any effect against those big boys in the upstate? Well, I mean, they didn't slow they didn't slow Camden down. I mean, Camden had 330 yards rushing, uh, so they they didn't slow down the running game. It was it was Camden' inability to defend the pass. Uh, Daniel's passing game rolled up 400 and 420 yards or whatever. They had 600 yards in total offense, but uh, that was my fear going into that game that that Camden had not seen that type of offense all year. Their secondary was a little suspect. And uh, and it, it, the, Daniel has too many guys to cover. Uh, you got to cover four guys, and the quarterback is precise. I mean, Pierman is on the money. That cat was 29 out of 33. I mean, he had wow. four incompletions. That's it. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, Camden did what they wanted to do offensively. They ran the football. They had two 100-yard rushers. Bracey and Lane were, were as advertised. Uh, the offensive line was as advertised. But their defense had no answer. I mean, uh, Daniel, you know, as soon as Camden took that lead late in the or midway third quarter, I mean, Daniel just came right back down the field, kicked the field goal, got the ball back right down the field, scored a touchdown, scored another touchdown. I mean, they just pulled away at the end. But it was, uh, you know, I, I said the over-under was 80, and they hit it. They went over 80. And, uh, you know, so I, it was what I expected. Now we look at the other game, the final game that took place, because we didn't get to see 2A, and we'll talk about that here just a little bit. But it was the boys of Southside Christian taking out Lakeview and style. I mean, you talk about a big win for Coach Mike Sunborn there. He took his boys into action and never looked back from the time they snapped it from the beginning. Uh, David, what did you think about a team out of Southside Christian? I hadn't seen a play until then, but, man, I think we learned a little something about that team in the upstate. Yeah, they they uh this game this game I thought was going to be closer. But again, just like uh Florida North Myrtle Beach, uh the defensive front at Southside Christian is really good, really strong and quick. Um uh, and Lakeview was hoping that they can run the ball cuz that's what they do and they couldn't. I mean, I think Lakeview finished with about 109 total yards, uh which is way below their average. Um but Southside Christian was just better defensively, and they they also have a sophomore that that kind of showed out on the biggest stage. Uh, Corey Martin, the quarterback, is going to be a is going to be a big time player, and uh, you know so and that's what you like to see you, in these games like this. You like to see these these players that you hear about but you don't ever see. You finally get to see them, and they're as good as what everybody said. 
And DeCorey was really good that day. Now we look at the game that hasn't played yet, and there was a meeting today, if I'm not mistaken, about what may or may not happen with the two-way championship game there. David, for those who haven't had a chance to look at their social media or listen to a friend over at the water cooler, what did we learn today when it came down to the, of course, uh, Commissioner Singleton and the crew up there in Columbia when it comes down to getting this game in and, and, and some of the options that they had put out on the table? Well, I mean, they basically have decided that uh, the executive committee voted 12-0 that, that if they don't play this game next Friday, that they're going to they're gonna declare co-champions, which I just can't stand the even thought of that. But uh, they don't want to take this past Christmas. Uh, there was a thought that, that they, they would wait until they could play this. But at some point you have to, I mean, you have to, you have to call it quits. I mean, you can't take this into January uh, because these football players are also at these small schools play basketball and you're hurting the basketball team. And uh, some of these kids are, you know, may end up going to college in, you know, in January going in early. So you, I mean, it's just a, it's a shame, but I, I think, I mean, I don't like it, but I don't like the fact that you name co-champions. I would just not name a state champion, to be honest with you. Um, but they're going to play it next Friday at 6 o'clock at Benedict, or they're not going to play it at all. And, um, you know, Marion has to get has to get their COVID issues straightened out. Um, you know, I saw someone posted that there there's a rumor that there there's some more issues there. And uh, if they go into – you know, if they get into next Monday or so with with positive tests, I, I think you're going to see uh, the game just cancel completely. Hanging out right now with, of course, David Shelton with the Post and Courier. You also can hear him during the season up there with Phil Cornblue. These guys do a scoreboard show better than anybody in the country as they recap all the action, bring in the guys that call the games under the lights on Friday nights. And, of course, he's uh, on Bobby Harden's show on Fridays over here with us on Wednesday. And guess where he is this Wednesday? He's hanging out over there at Charleston Sports Club on Dorchester Road. So go over there and grab some wings with the big guy and talk some football. Before we change it to basketball, have we heard any conversations on who may may not be the new coach over at Berkeley? Got any breaking things happening, David? No, I don't. I, I think it's way too early. I mean, there's, there's you know, you, you talk to people amongst corner and they got their – who they want, but they don't make that decision. That's going to fall with Stephen Steele in the district. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure Jerry Brown will be in that. Will be will be interested in that job. Um, you know, I've heard some names. Uh, the, the last time it came up when Randy Robinson got it, there were some North Carolina coaches interested. Um, so I think you may you may see some North Carolina coaches wanting to come down. They, God knows they they come down every year and, and have great success like Donnie Kiefer, Jamar McCoy, and Tom Knox, uh, Dave Gustaw. Uh, plenty of guys come from North Carolina and have good success uh, in the Palmetto State. Uh, you know, there's some other guys. Uh, I've, I, w- I wouldn't mention his name tonight, but I'm checking on it. But there is a, a well-thought-of, highly successful coach in the upstate that might be interested. Um, and there is a relationship there with the principal with Stephen Steele. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, uh, but I, 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 I learned some things this weekend. Uh, you know, standing around talking with some people, um, and so I'm, I'm checking on that. It may not, may not be anything to it. That's why I won't give his name. But if, if I find out that he is interested, I'll certainly, uh, I'll reveal that. 
Right. As we're live hanging out again, David Shelton checking in with us on the world of football. And now we uh, look at the final topic of football before I touch some basketball hardwood here is the hire in Columbia. You and I talked about it off the air. We've gone back and forth with some conversations, but uh, your thoughts on the hire up there in Columbia as they bring a guy back that's born in Charleston. You know the story. We've read it a thousand times, but definitely he is glad to be back in South Carolina and Shane Beamer running the Gamecock program. Yeah, I mean, that's the guy they wanted. It was apparent that, uh, you know, from early on, that was the name that, that surfaced immediately, and it looked like Ray Tanner. You know, he went through the motions and interviewed some other people, uh, Chadwell and, and Napier, Napier and uh, Satterfield, but this was Beamer's job from the get-go. I, I'm firmly convinced of that. You know, we'll see what he does. I think it's going to be very important that he put together a really good staff. Um, you know, I'm not – I've heard the name Bud Foster as defensive coordinator. I'm, that doesn't excite me very much because his last few defenses at Virginia Tech were not very good. And, and you know, he's been out of coaching for a few years. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that he can't coach. I'm just saying that I think they need to bring some energy and some, some uh, useful energy um, to that staff. Um, they've already kind of cut loose some of the other guys. So I think building a staff is going to be crucial. Uh, not only do they need to be good recruiters because you have to recruit, you got to have the Jimmys and Joes, but they better be good at, uh, at calling plays and, and designing offenses and defenses and, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, we'll see how he does. You know, I, I think, uh, I think he's, he's as good a candidate as anybody else was. He's never been a head coach. He's never been a coordinator, so he's obviously got a little learning curve. But he can put some people around him that will help in that area, and that that will be crucial for him. Now we go up to the Grand Strand real quick. Uh, One guy that has done a good job putting some guys around him and has done a good job of play calling is Jamie Chadwell. You mentioned him. Man, they get to reassign the team that comes into uh, Myrtle Beach, if you will, at Coastal Carolina, bringing the eight team in the country, BYU. They beat them on – a big stage. It's one of the biggest huge games since I think I saw, what, 2015, which is wild in itself, but they finished undefeated. They'll go into the Sun Belt slash Fun Belt championship game. Do they have a chance of, of getting into one of those big bowl games? And if so, David, what do you think of the entire event from Saturday to where do they land in a bowl game? Yeah, I definitely think if they win the, if they win the Sun Belt, I think they're They've got a great shot to be in a New Year's Day game. I think they're the kind of the darling of college football right now, sort of like UCF was a few years ago. Uh, Chadwell is a very charismatic guy, a great interview. Um, you know, so people, so he's going to get a lot of TV time, and he's really good in that area. I mean, I covered him. Uh, I was the SID at Charleston Southern when he was an assistant there under Jay Mills, so I got to know Jamie pretty well. And then he came back as a coach, and I, that was my beat. So, um He's got some great guys around him. I think they're. I think if they can win the Sun Belt, I, I think they're going to get a New Year's Day game. I, I, you know, uh, Cotton Bowl or, or uh, I don't know which of all the ones. That, I, honestly, I don't know which ones are going to actually have games because they keep canceling. But they're going to get on the big stage. Uh, they they just got to finish off, and they should. They should finish off with wins and be undefeated, and you know, probably crack the top ten at some point. Uh, I don't see him getting any higher than the number 10. I mean, yeah, they had a great win the other night, but, I mean, it is a Sun Belt. It, you know, I mean, let's be honest. But being BYU 
with a game that was thrown together like that. Uh, you know, I, I you know, a lot of people have not given BYU credit for what they did. You know, they jumped on a plane and came down in in, in three days' notice, uh, and and came to Myrtle Beach. So that was big for Coastal because they could have easily said, "Yeah, we'll play you, but you got to come to come to us." Uh, but to come right. to Myrtle Beach and play at Coastal was was really kind of cool on their part. And granted, they took a loss, and I'm sure they're not happy about that. But I, I give them some credit too. I, I think BYU doing what they did and creating this game, I think it was really cool. No doubt, as we're hanging out with the man with the plan, of course, that's going to be David Shelton as he's hanging out over at Charleston Sports Club here tonight for his call-in at 6.30 as he covers it right here on Southern Sports Central. Now, let's look at Hardwood really quick, David. I've had a chance to see about a week and a half of basketball happen. Sumter County, I believe, has paused for the cause and not playing winter sports, and I think that's something you're going to start seeing around the state. What is your thoughts on how do we salvage a season? Do we finish the season? And then touch a little bit about should we play these beach ball classics and some of these tournaments that, that really don't have any effect at all on these kids making into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the in the I'm kind of in the neighborhood of uh, let's just I mean I know this is very unpopular but let's shut it down for the rest of December. Uh, that's three weeks, no games. Uh, maybe they could practice, you know, closed practices or whatever, you know, to keep them in shape, condition. And let's see if they can get everything under control. I know Bishop England has has uh, canceled everything for the next few weeks um, as they go virtual, um, you know, in their athletic department. And I think you're going to see more of that in the month of December. I, you know, fortunately, a lot of these teams didn't schedule a lot of games in December. Uh, you know, they kind of left December. You know, there's a few games – but they didn't really over schedule. But I'm with you with the tournaments. You know, I, I don't know that they should uh, that they should have them. Um, and then if you could just get through December, the numbers go down, the cases clear up in the schools or whatever. Then you just start back with your region schedule in January. And you know, you got to do. It's it's not going to be easy. This is going to be a situation. It's already happened in the college level here locally. I mean, CSU's had to had to kind of shut down things for a couple of weeks. Uh, as of today, so uh, it's good. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be. There's going to be some issues. Um, so I think the the quicker you get it under control, you give yourself an opportunity to play in January and February, and at least a shortened season like football was. But at least you have playoffs, and you have an opportunity to win a state championship. No doubt, no doubt about it. Hanging out quickly here, David Shelton covers it right here on Southern Sports Central on a. Wednesday afternoon here is, of course, it is uh, a little chilly, David, but we're glad to be talking to you, talking some uh, high school football. I appreciate your time tonight, man. What's on the docket for you here the rest of this week uh, as football season's on a pause? But, yeah, basketball, are you out and about looking at some of these gyms? Yeah, for the for the ones that let people in, um, I'm hoping to go to Goose Creek Fall on Friday night, do a little sailor on Goose Creek. I'm working uh, on the all-low-country team for fall sports, uh, football, swimming, cross-country, tennis, you know, the, uh, volleyball. So I'm, I'm, I'm staying busy more or less in the office uh, at home, And uh, but I am trying to get out to a couple of games. Uh, you know, there's a few uh, Dorchester's that won't let me in. <laughs> so 
So uh, I have to go to Charles Center, Berkeley County for now. Well, Coach, we greatly appreciate what you do. And I call you, Coach, because for those who don't know, don't know, he's uh, he's quite the baseball guy. So are you excited that baseball looks like it's definitely – it looks pretty promising at this point, right, for baseball season coming up? Yeah, I'm hoping. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> – I don't know how kids could play all summer and fall and then not play in the spring. So I'm certainly hoping. And I think there's going to be a concerted effort to get spring sports in because they got canceled last year. And we don't want to do that two years in a row. Um, so I think there's going to be a real strong effort to try to try to get the spring in um, starting in February. And I, and I certainly hope so. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with you, David. Thank you so much for all that you've done for us. I, uh, I know we'll talk again next Wednesday. We'll, of course, hopefully be talking sports in the low country around the great state of South Carolina, buddy. God bless. Enjoy the wings on uh, our, our behalf because Eugene and I can't make it. But next time, maybe we all three sit around a table, put up a microphone, and talk some shop. Okay, man. All right. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. Take care. Yes, sir. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. David Shelton joining us as he does all the time right here on Wednesday afternoon. 6.30 is his time. Let's bring in Eugene again for just a few minutes. Uh, Eugene, uh, again, you, you hear – oh, man, you know, you know I want to believe that we're going to have basketball season to the end, but I'm just afraid. And I use that word with, with capital letters because it is a serious situation. When you, you're 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 allowing these these certain things to happen, and I say this, I love the baseball classic. I grew up around it. I've met Kobe Bryant because of it, and that was when he was at PA, and my family was the host family to that team. I met multiple other ones because of Sacasi High School, where they used to play it at before there was that Myrtle Beach Convention Center. You know, it's it's a history. I understand it. But I would rather be part of a history team that talks about a state championship that I got a chance to win a ring and a trophy with the team that, of course, that was our goal. I would think that's their goal at the beginning of the season. Wouldn't you, Eugene, is to win a state championship, not to go win a tournament over the holiday season? Well, certainly, and that's got to be everyone's uh, – you would hope everyone within a high school program uh, – going back to the year before and the off season and the workouts and everything else. And, and all the time that's put in uh, before you even tip off that first game is that, you know, when you, when you sit down as a staff, you sit down, you know, with your seniors or your captains or just your whole team. And you ask everybody what their goal is uh, that probably every single team in the, in the entire state is going to say, you know, at the end of the year, we want to be state champions. You know, we want those rings. It's ring season. You know, it's always ring season. Everybody's always thinking about that state title game. Now, if you're not, then you probably, you know, need to question the the, the coach or the players and, and say, well, what are we doing here? If your goal isn't to, you know, raise that South Carolina High School League trophy over your head uh, when the final bell sounds, you know, kind of you probably need to evaluate what we're doing here and why we're doing it because, you know, that should be every school and every team's ultimate goal. Uh, you know, and I know there are a lot of, especially in basketball with the AAU and the travel stuff, but you still got to go to school somewhere. And there's still that pride of your community, uh, where you you get that diploma from. And, you know, uh, just like in high school football, uh, just like, you know, the same thing with basketball, baseball, track, every other sport, you know, there's five state champions, you know, one for each level of, of play. And so, uh, yeah, again, if you're, if that's not your ultimate goal, 
maybe you need to find something else to do. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll reset a little bit as uh, when we come back, we go to Columbia, South Carolina with an all-time champion of champions when it comes down to high school football in North and South Carolina, and that is Coach Tom Knotts from Dutch Fork High School. He is the head football coach. He's now won five in a row. We'll talk about the numbers. We'll talk about the names. We'll talk about what motivates him, and one of the things – that he quoted, someone quoted him after the win against T.L. Hanna the other night was, well, that was fun. (laughs) I bet it is fun to win five in a row, Coach. We're going to catch up with the state champion, 5A head football coach, over there on the campus of Dutch Fork. That's head coach Tom Knotts right out of this, guys. Don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central in hour two right after this. moment so different and so new was like any other until I kissed you and then it happened it took me by surprise I knew that you felt it too by the look in your eyes sweeter than wine Softer than the summer night Everything I want I have Whenever I hold you tight This magic moment While your lips are close to mine Will last forever
welcome back, everybody. Waiting on the head coach all the way from Dutch Sport to check in here with us in just a few moments. That is Tom Knox. He'll be joining us here, hopefully here momentarily here, as I'm going to do some work to make sure that he's got the number to call in and he's good to go. But here's an interview that he had right after the big win. And uh, I want you guys to hear what the uh, the head coach said right after picking up uh, five in a row. I mean, that's about as good as you can Lights out. And if the weather hasn't stymied us a little bit, I think we can see uh, a little bit more. I had some more bag of tricks. But I just didn't want to call it off. We're calling it at the end and just saw the result of that. Uh, the, the weather was just terrible. But uh, just, uh, the guys, it didn't bother them. They didn't say anything about it. Love, love, this there you go. That's, uh, of course, uh, Eugene. Let me bring you in real quick. You hear he said there uh, they had he had a few more bags of tricks that he could have put up there in that win against uh, a team, T.L. Hannah, that uh, released a video, by the way, on Thursday. You know, there's the old theme of poking the bear. Well, in this one, you were poking the fox, and the fox didn't like it too much as they did what they needed to do under the rain, under the lights, and uh, in fashion. And look at there, just like that, we bring him in, and that is – the five-time in a row state championship coach and 5A football coach Tom Knotts. Coach, good afternoon and thanks for calling in. Uh, good evening. How are y'all doing? We're good, Coach. I know you're a busy man. You got a lot of people coming at you and trying to get you, man. So, Coach, I appreciate the time. How's everything? How's how's it feeling to have five in a row under your belt? <laughs> uh, it never gets old. It feels good. Five in a row special. Uh, we played a great game in horrible conditions. Uh, unfortunately, we're dealing with a little COVID issue now in our family, so uh, in our football Ooh. family. So we haven't been able to really celebrate. So we're, we're we're making the most of it, though. Hanging out right now at Dutch Fork with the head coach who's now won five in a row and continues to do big things, and that is Coach Tom Knotts joining us here for the first time on Southern Sports Central. Coach, you and I have had multiple conversations off this radio, and I've talked to a lot of your playmakers all the way from your former quarterback, your former receiver who was at Clemson now playing baseball, one's over at, of course, Tennessee doing some big things, and a few other guys, one's down at the Citadel. Coach, what is it about your players? You said something uh, during the postseason about you don't have to ask your kids to come. You don't have to, you know, keep after them. They come in early. They stay late. They want to be here during the spring and the summer. Uh, what is it about your group of guys that seems to be a lot different than a lot of other kids around the state? I, I don't really know. When I got here, I just set the expectations that this is how we're going to do it. Um, you know, we're going to work out in the summer. We're going to work Monday through Thursday. We're going to do spring ball like we're supposed to. Uh, if you don't want to do it, you know, you won't play. Uh, fortunately, it didn't It didn't take a lot of uh, – a lot, a lot of hard actions to to get my point across. Everybody bought in from from day one of year one, and it was. Uh, I, I think they just wanted to win, and they were willing to, you know, they were willing to put in whatever work was necessary uh, to win, and uh, we we got it started right, you know, right from the beginning. And no doubt, as you guys went in and beat T.L. Hannah twenty eight to six, the quote that you had, Coach, uh, right after that was, "Wow, that was fun." <laughs> and you say that, and, and, and it's it's just that simple. You know, you do the right things, the right things happen. You know, it, how is it that this energy stays the same, it seems like, with the expectations are there, but you guys encourage them, and matter of fact, you welcome in those high expectations year after year. 
Yeah, we're not we're not scared of saying you know anything short of the state championship is failure. We're not we're just not scared to say that. We want to we want to push our kids to the limit. We believe in them. We believe we got them in the right places. We believe we're doing the right things to prepare. Uh, we think we're making good young men out of them, and and they they buy into that. They I, I really it's my philosophy that kids crave. Uh, so discipline and 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 what we found is when they get themselves in trouble and have issues is they're not around us and they're not around structure and discipline so when they get with us and then we still not have our issues we're not perfect by any means but but for the most part you know our, our kids are are they really seem to love football they, they enjoy the challenge you know a lot of practice is the same. It's not, you know, I don't reinvent the wheel. We just, we do individual, we do group, we do team, we do special teams, and it's the same thing over and over. Uh, and we got a little bit different flair to us than most people, but, uh, you know, for the most part, everybody's in and everybody's there every day, and we're doing things that we're supposed to do to, to win a championship. And, and that's, you know, that's our, from day one, that's our ultimate goal. Hanging out with Coach Knotts, who knows a lot about winning. By matter of fact, he owns 50-game unbeaten streak, 49-game in-state winning streak, a 24-game playoff winning streak. And, of course, since 2016, if my numbers are right, Coach, it's 64-1-1. and I mean, <laughs> dynasty would be that if I looked it up in a definition. I don't know anything about that. I'm already ready to start on uh, <laughs> number six, start on uh, 2021, and, we started that. I got a middle school teacher, Ms. DeWalt, to print us up a, uh, a the tradition continues sign and put a big old six on it. We'll give them six T-shirts, New Year's, and uh, we'll just go ahead and start on six. It's, it's not much use to, you know, to dwell on the past other than to just, uh, you know, see what you can do better and, and enjoy what you've done. you got to enjoy the fruits of your labor, but... I'm really not that kind of person. I'm I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready really to go ahead to number to to the next to the next season. Now, coach, uh, you know, I had a chance to uh, hang out with the legendary coach John McKissick on the radio and do a lot of things. And then when he stepped down, his his grandson took over the program. Which, of course, you and I got a chance to know each other pretty well because it seemed like every year Somerville would get that lucky draw to have you guys either come to town or or Somerville would go to you guys. But either way, when you look at a coach like Coach McKissick and the things that he's done in the state of South Carolina and a guy like me that watches multiple coaches and now you hold this record with five consecutive in a row and you've got another one with you as well. But not just that, you've brought a lot of that with you, some consecutive championships. Coach, what, what, what does this mean to you in the world of coaching and, and to be mentioned in a, in a sentence like that with Coach McKissick who holds a record of his own? <laughs> uh, you know – it means I'm getting old, I guess. I don't know. I've been around a long time and been exposed to a lot. And uh, we, We've won a lot of games, but I, I'm just – honestly, I just don't – I really I honestly don't think about that kind of stuff. I, I, I've said many times I have a tremendous fear of failure in it. I know to sit around and gloat and feel good about yourself, I just think all that's counterproductive. And, and I'm a very confident person, but, but you're not going to hear me, you know – tell you we won five in a row you know we're great we're I, I never I've always said the, the climb to the top of the mountain is easier than sitting on top of the mountain and I just I got a great fear of falling off that mountain I, I know we're up there right now everybody nobody wants to play us 
we can't schedule games. We have to go out of state. That looks like next year to play games. Uh, I want to stay on top of the mountain, and I know it's going to take it takes some innovations. It takes you know it takes the kids continuing to buy in with the with the hard the hard work and the, and the effort. It takes great coaches to give up family time to you know if you got teachers it's just a great amount of extra time for people who are also teachers uh and coaches it, it, it's, <laughs> you got to feed the monster that's what you got to do you got to continue to feed the monster and that's kind of what we got going on right here uh and i'm just been sitting around here in the last couple of days thinking about things that we can you know do different to make our product better and to make the experience for the kids better and it you know you you say how can it get much better well you you just got to continue to to innovate and create and and do as much as you can to 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 keep your your yourself your energy just to keep it alive and keep it thriving and keep the kids uh interested in what you're doing and and winning you know winning solves a lot of problems so uh, I'm not sure my ways would work in a losing program, but but I don't know that I hadn't I hadn't lost in you know since uh, my first two years of head coaching when I was three and seven. Uh, so I, I don't know. I've just uh, I've been fortunate. I've been lucky. I've had good players. I've had great coaches. Uh, I've had good administrators for the most part. Uh, it. it you know, it takes a whole team. It's not just it's it's not just me. It's not just Will Taylor. It's not just uh, Jalen Hyatt. It's, it takes a whole team. Understanding that the eleven on the field, they might we might have some really great talent, but we've also got some very average talent. And as long as all of them buy in together and listen to what the plan is and go with what the plan is, uh, we can be successful. And I know everybody says that, but there's a certain way to do it and there's a certain way not to do it. I think we've, we've got a little formula and uh, hopefully we can keep it going. Hanging out with the head coach who holds some records in North and South Carolina. He's got 13 state championships, seven in North Carolina, brings in six here in South Carolina. Of course, that's uh, the head coach over there at Dutch Fork. Coach Tom Notch joining us now. Overall, Coach, your record, if my numbers are right here, 38 seasons that you've been doing this, 425. 64 and one where that one tie is that the hardest one of all when you have that number one at the very end <laughs> i don't know i don't even like it when they post my record because you know that's wrong don't you <laughs> that record yeah i do yeah i'm gonna tell you why i'm gonna tell you why in uh when i was in west charlotte two years we ended up forfeiting 21 games that we won so if you take add twenty one to that number, whatever you said it was, and subtract twenty one, right. it's a little more a little more gaudy than what it is uh <laughs> right now. And I get ill when uh uh you know, I wish people would put an asterisk by it and say on the field. And it was not any of my fault that we had an ineligible player. Uh it was an administrative fault on both both accounts that that we had players or two players that that didn't meet the the high school league uh, eligibility standards, but these weren't these weren't guys like you know these weren't Chris League these weren't Will Taylor and higher players these were just peripheral players that wanted to be part of a team and uh, uh, wanted to participate and uh, end up biting us in the butt uh, in the end when we end up finding out about it. But but it's a it's a nice record. It's a lot of wins. It's uh, not a lot of not a losses. Uh, 
you know, when you hear you say things like whole records in North and South Carolina, you hear 400 and some wins. <laughs> I still feel like a young man. Those things are nice. I like to hear it every now and then, but you know, it's <laughs> to me, it's, it's neither here nor yet there. There's, there's always, you know, it's next year. To me, you're only as good as, as you know, what you've done lately and what you're getting ready to do. Now, Coach, I had a chance last year to hear you give a speech uh, before the game. They kicked it off, and it was I've heard a lot of great speeches even on the TV or in person, but I thought the speech that you gave those boys last year as it came down to the final play as that quarterback to that receiver, Jalen Hyatt being the receiver there in the back of the end zone, catching it to win that game for the most sake. But you told them at the beginning, Coach, this right now, at this moment, this is the most important thing in their life, that everything outside will reposition it at the end of this game but, Coach, I feel like in talking to, of course, uh, Shimon Price, who joined us on Monday, and, and knowing a lot of your parents and players that have come on this same show, that, that you're one of the great ones that I, I think you get credit for the wins, but I don't know if they understand that relationship that you have is even stronger than any win you've ever put together, not just with the players, but with all your parents as well, Coach. Well, you know, you can't push as hard as I do and not have a good, good positive relationship with – with with the young men and, and the young men and the parents, uh, you know, and their parents. If you don't have a good relationship, you can't you can't push them like what I do. Uh, and you know, they don't like it all the time. Obviously, uh, you know, nobody likes to be hollered at, and nobody likes to be scolded in front of people. But that's just my style. I, I beg them to understand it. I think I think they do. But I, there's also another side to me where I can joke around with them. Uh, you know, I got a crazy haircut right now, and I can pull my hat off and, and stick my hair straight up in there, and they look at me and they can laugh. And you know, I say I look like Ethan Benson, and you know, it's just there's another side to me that's not always screaming and hollering and and pushing them. And uh, you know, sometimes it's a it's, it's a balancing act. You got you got to be careful with uh, when you got a personality like mine, uh, and you're, you're always you're always striving for. For perfection, just about every game, I tell them we're going to play the perfect game. And, and you know, sometimes I see them look kind of like, you know, well, you've even said the perfect game is not attainable. And then I, you know, I always say we're we're going to shoot for it. There's nothing wrong with shooting for it and 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 failing. I'm sure I'll wake up Saturday morning and watch the film and be, you know, be upset because it wasn't a perfect game. But but they soon start buying into that idea of perfection and of reaching for goals. I just don't think young kids, I just don't think they strive far enough into their, their, their potential. I don't think they set goals, you know, and, and people always talk about it, but, but I think we truly, truly set goals and, and, and the highest of goals and, and usually they're team goals. And I, I know a lot of them got individual goals, but we, we tend to focus on, doing things as a team and uh so it's it's not all you know me in their face coach pelham in their face and there's a lot of that but there's also some you know some patting them on the back and i'm always explaining you know if i tell you how good you are you, you know you, you might stop trying to improve what you need to improve on and uh, so that's the route i've taken is that I, I need to you know they all know what they do well uh they, they choose to push into the background what they don't do well, and I bring that to the foreground and try to get them to, uh, you know, to focus on the things they don't 
don't do well, and they'll become a better player and we'll become a better. So there's there's some method to the madness. <laughs> Hanging out here with the head coach who's now won five in a row up there in Columbia, Dutch Fork High School coach Tom Knotts here on Southern Sports Central. Coach, uh, you know, I love the factor, even though I've been on the other side watching you guys just put the points on the board, but seeing the, the unity of the guys on the sideline, they might not be in the game, but they still have to be in the game. And somebody's got a sledgehammer, and you see them, all of them at one time rocking back and forth. Who's the guy in charge of those guys? Who's, whose responsibility is it to keep the guys on the sideline pumped up? Well, it starts with me saying that's what we're going to do. So the, sometimes it has to be manufactured. Sometimes it's not always, uh, it's not always legit, but, but the kids eventually after they get started, it becomes infectious and, and they enjoy it. So Noah Dixon is in charge of that. He's my strength coach. Just like you see on Saturday afternoon, you see the colleges uh, rocking and rolling over on the sideline. Noah and their strength coaches are leading that. Noah is leading ours. And uh, it's, it, it's mandatory that they participate. <laughs> and, and you know, some don't like it at first because not everybody's a rah-rah guy. But once they get into it, we'll even watch film, you know, when we watch film as a team, and, and we'll point out the guys that are participating in the cheering on the side, and we'll point out the guys that are not. And the guys that are not usually face a few consequences. So <laughs> you, you better buy into the team activity one way or another, whether you make it or whether you're really into it. Uh, either way, I'm good with it. Just uh, just get into it, and we, we, hope the, we hope you'll eventually really be into it. But if you're not, fake it. And that's, uh, that's good enough for me. <laughs> the old don't, fake don't, you know, it till you make it. That's right. You're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. So which do you want to be? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That was a question I had halfway through the season when I was just looking at a lot of teams as, you know, we would travel through the schedule and I would go, man, I don't know what he tells them. And now I know the answer. And instead of a few other coaches here, when it comes to having a, maybe that's a different type of special team on the sideline, but it does it, it gyrates that energy coach and it, it filters all the way through. I mean, your guys never stop that dancing from, the time you walk off the bus, it's business. But it's something clicks. It's like going over a threshold, Coach Joe. What, what do you tell them? Because I'm going to tell you this. I've seen your, your junior varsities, your B teams, your varsity. I got introduced this year to a team called the Columbian Knights, and I believe that's a youth program not too far away from where you guys actually have practices on, um, on Fridays or Thursday through Monday. But they're the same way. It's all business all the time until the final zero and they pick up the ball and call it the end of the game. <laughs> that's right and you know football is a hard sport and it's really a lot of times there's not much fun to it you know not everybody gets to score the touchdowns not everybody gets the pats on the back but when everybody's contributing to the enthusiasm uh it just becomes it, it becomes m much more fun than it just normally is if you just go through the you know the the drudgery, you go through the, you know, each play one at a time without any enthusiasm. So the enthusiasm on the sideline also leads to enthusiasm uh, on the field. Now, Coach, the final thing before I get you out, and I know I appreciate your time. It means a lot for you to jump in here with me tonight more than you know. But I look at what you've accomplished, and I look back at the years that you've put in here with uh, 38 seasons. You know, there used to be a thing called Bull in the Ring that I played uh, you know, when I played the game that we would do, and there's a few other drills that we would do that they've taken away from us. How much have you seen them change the game of football and, and it make it maybe a little harder for you or, or maybe not at all, Coach? 
Well, I'm an old school guy, but I, I don't I real, don't really see any sense in uh, in in the bull in the ring type things. And and you know, I, I, my son is a sixth grader, and and the coach wanted to do bull in the ring in Oklahoma, and and you know, we want to find out who's tough. Well, you know what? I know who's tough on my team. I know who will hit. I know who you know who give it up when they when they need to. I don't need to put them. I don't, and I'm as old school as they come, believe me. But I don't need to line them up and make them do something that's not fun. Uh, we we'll we, we'll hit with the best of them. Uh, I think you watch my teams on Friday night. This this defense especially would fly to the ball and they would hit. And we've never done one one Oklahoma. We've never done one bull in the ring. We've never done one just one-on-one tackle. We do tackling drills, but we do it team tackling. We try to make situations out of it, and we try to incorporate strip the ball with it. So it's not always, you know, you you talk about, oh, he loves to hit. Uh, I don't know now. Not too many people just love to hit because it hurts. I mean, it'll – It'll it'll stun you. And it'll it'll hurt your neck and it'll hurt your head and it'll hurt your shoulders. But if you, you know, the, the way we do it, we we do it three quarters to full speed. We we've never gotten anybody hurt. They they enjoy it. They're learning how to tackle. I, I like old school stuff, but but coaches in the past weren't very smart when it came to to some things. And I think I think as time's gone along, now there's there's some coaches who believe in it. You know, there's. I, I, one thing I've learned in 41 years of coaching is there's more than one way to skin a cat. So I know my way is not exactly right, but but what I'm doing now works for us. Uh, we don't need to have them pound on each other to to prove. If, as long as they'll play on Friday night. Now, if they don't play on Friday night, and they don't hit. I'm, I might come up with an Oklahoma drill or a, a bull in the ring uh, on Monday if I had to. But so far in my career. I, I think most coaches will say that that the Tom Knotts led team will hit and uh, they'll get after it. So um, I, I don't I don't think I need to do archaic uh, crazy bull in the <laughs> ring type things. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> tables, ladders, and chairs. <laughs> yeah. Now, coach, you're getting ready to, of course. Uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have an incredible banquet, and you're going to recognize a senior class. It's got to be one of the most special classes to you. I know we had Shaman on here with us on Monday. He's got fingers with rings that'll be put on it, and that right there alone speaks volumes. But why we went through this really unprecedented season of COVID, and of course, a lot of things were different. But these kids showed a lot of character out of the senior class and very special to the drive that you were able to put together here in the last few years, Coach. But tell us a little bit about what this senior class means to you, maybe different than any senior class that you've coached up until this point. Well, you know, there were 33 of them to start with in the ninth grade, and uh, now there's only there's only 19. And my middle school coach actually told me that of these 19, only four of them, were actually starters in middle school. So it's, it says a lot for kids that just want to play football. You know, these, some of these, these guys weren't stars in middle school. Now, they're, you know, obviously we got the obvious stars uh, like everybody has, but, but the rest of them continued to come out for football. And even though they, they might have gotten cut in middle school, they might not have started in middle school. But we've, had, we've got – we've got guys that have just stuck with football because they love football and now they love winning 
And, uh, you know, this class is it's just like Ty's class last year. You know, to, to get four rings is 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 unheard of. It's, it's not really reality. You know, this is not real life. I keep telling them, you know, <laughs> life is not a 50-game winning streak. You know, there's there's going to be some ups and downs. But as long as we're, we're rolling pretty good, let's, let's do everything we can to avoid uh, having to face the reality of, uh, of losing and, and just the, just the enthusiasm of the seniors uh, day in and day out. They were great leaders. Uh, they love football. They like being coached. Uh, just, just a tremendous group. Well, coach, I greatly appreciate your time here. I don't want to abuse it because I want to get you back in here when you guys uh, complete the tradition continues next year, right? I mean, that's kind of the thing that uh, the theme for next year, you've already let the cat out of the bag and what the shirts are going to look like. So I'm sure uh, we can't wait to see those things as you guys walk off the bus with them. I'm ready to start, ready to start. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Merry Christmas to you and your family, coach. Thank you so much for what you mean for our state of South Carolina and always being willing to give a conversation to us, whether it be on the field or here on the air tonight. And I know a lot of guys that do what I do appreciate all that you give us with the entertainment, the zingers, the one-liners, and just, the time that you're able to take away and hand out with us. Well, and we appreciate the support you give to high school football. There's nothing better than high school football. Thank you very much. You got it, Coach. There you go. All right, guys, there you go. Look at that. A fun time right here on Southern Sports Central as we caught up with the legend. Eugene, come on in real quick. I'm not going to keep you on here long, but, man, I got to say this. First of all, we found out that he's got 404 wins and 85 losses in one tie. We uncovered that mystery, breaking news at 7, not 11. We also know that they had 19 seniors out of 33 freshmen that were part of this special class that now has four state championship rings on four fingers. And then you look at four of them, only four of them, Eugene, were part of the starting crew in middle school. So if you're not a starter in middle school, guess what coach just told you, who, by the way, still holds 13 state championship rings between North and South Carolina. That fact is a true fact, Eugene. Well, that's impressive. And, and another stat we got to start tracking for coach is, uh, is NFL players. I just yeah. looked at a stat the other day. Uh, the kicker for Buffalo is a fort, was a Dutch Fork grad who went down to Georgia Southern. Uh, now, he mentioned one of my favorite players all time of any level, uh, and the fact that I'm a Gator fan is obviously Chris Leak. Huge fan, Coach. Uh, <laughs> you know, I follow Chris and what he's doing now. He's uh, doing some coaching and training. And, um, you know, it, it's a, a testament to the system uh, and culture. So wherever he goes, he takes his culture with him. Uh, back when Chris was spinning the ball back in high school, you know, it was the same thing. They were kind of the team to beat. You know, you always saw those and you all you know, that school, you always saw that school and so many kids going to the big-time programs, much like what you see at uh, Dutch Fork right now. Uh, you know, last year they're, they're getting kids at uh, Power 5 schools and the SEC and all over the country. And, you know, it's the same thing. It, it, it's a culture. Wherever he goes, he takes it with him. It's like you said, you know, it's not very easy. You walk in day one, and it's kind of, you know, well, this is the way we're going to do it. Some guys decide, hey, that's for me. Some guys aren't sure, but, you know, everybody loves to win. Uh, someone had mentioned that the other day. He said, oh, you know, if you win, kids are going to come. 
kids are going to come mm-hmm. out because a lot of times, you know, we hear the stories about a lot of high schools where, you know, 305-pound potential offensive linemen are walking the halls and not playing football. Why? Because maybe it's not a fun culture or maybe it's not inviting or maybe there's a myriad of other things that, you know, for whatever reason hasn't attracted them to the program. Uh, I don't think Coach Knotts has a problem uh, when he lists, you know, the day one of tryouts uh, getting dudes to show up. Yeah, no doubt about it. Talking about dudes that showing up. We got another coach with another ring, and it's time now to take him in and bring him in, and that is the head coach of AC Flora. That is Coach Dustin Curtis. Here he goes. We bring him in on the NWO theme because it is a new world order hanging out over there at AC floor with their head coach, Dustin Curtis, a state championship coach here, joins us now after a dominating, I mean, dominating effect on the 4A stage and did it under the lights on a Saturday night. Coach, welcome to Southern Sports Central. We're glad to have you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all having me. Man, the excitement, man. I tell you what, I saw the picture. I don't know if you got a chance to see some of the stuff that we posted on you. But I see you lifted up by your players. And, and I'm not sure if that was the upper state when you guys won the upper state championship part before you got to hit the state champion. But, man, seeing your face, it, it, was, like a, it, was, it was like looking at one of the players, man. You're able to really take it all in and all this hard work. And, and, and for you guys to get the first football state championship at AC Floor, man, it, it's got to mean so much more to you than you ever thought it would. Oh, definitely. Um you know, it's pretty hard not to feel like you're you're still on cloud nine. And um, a lot of people have, have worked really hard in the last, you know, 10, 11 years to uh, to get to this point. And, and I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of, you know, nine total of the last years uh, at that school and, and knowing uh, the community buildup and, and everything that went into it. I mean, I, I would have loved to have seen our side without, you know, COVID ticketing um, you know, problems and all that, because, uh, it would have been a packed house. Obviously it's, it's basically in our backyard. And, um, it, it was certainly, um, uh, it was an exciting time to see the looks on our kids' faces, really. I mean, just the, the joy and, and the, some seniors that made some plays there in the fourth quarter to end their careers. Um, I probably couldn't have scripted any better. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, just an amazing, joyful moment, um, sharing it with all the kids and the players that we have was um, something that I'll never forget. Now, Coach, we look at your region play. You got Westwood, Richland Northeast, Irmo, Dreer, Lugolf, Elgin, you know, a, a very successful uh, region, if you will. But look at the numbers that you guys put up and kept off the board when it came to your opponents. You outscored your opponents 272 to 36 to go undefeated in region play. You know, you, you talk about all the numbers and the championship and all that, but your offense, man, is that an electric offense. It's almost like watching a, a Big 12 team just slinging that rock around and good luck trying to pick on a guy to, to keep it out of his hands because you got three or four other dudes ready to jump around and catch it as well. Yeah, you know, when you have the kind of, you know, we feel like we have some, some pretty good skill depth and, and really it, we we probably in region play couldn't get kids as many touches as we wished, you know, we could have. We had certain kids that, you know, had a few good games here and there with, with a lot of, you know, they just kind of ended up with a lot of touches. But for the most part, 
um, it was really spread out. You know, our, the region offensive player of the year was Matt Pack, and he had a game that he had 60 yards rushing because he didn't play after the second quarter. And um, for certain, for the kids and, and Coach Floyd, my offensive coordinator, to, to put up those kind of points with, with most of our starters not playing past the third quarter um, is pretty impressive. And, and um, you know, hats off to those kids. They They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't make a bunch of silly mistakes and, and really and truly as good as we are at the skill player position with, you know, four or five receivers and three legit running backs, we feel really good about two senior tight ends and, and our offensive line, we really feel like is the best in the state of South Carolina. And, and we really mean that. And um, those kids work extremely hard. They're big, they're strong, they're athletic, they can pull, uh, they can block stretch. And, you know, when you can do those things cleanly up front, uh, it makes everything else a whole lot easier. Hanging out right now with a winning coach of a state championship in 4A football. Classification took place Saturday night under the lights. North Myrtle Beach was your competition. Coach Dustin Curtis joins us from AC Floor. Now, Coach, we actually had Eric Rice in here, who I believe had seven receptions, 117 yards, and a couple of touchdowns in that 42-7 to win. This young man did an incredible job with us on Monday night, represented you guys with first class. I'm not surprised because I see – you know, all the body language there on the sideline. I watched the way you guys handled yourself throughout the season and thought even as we went into the week one or week zero, I'm not sure what we're labeling it as this year, I thought for sure that you guys had the team to beat coming into the season. Well, that's high praise, obviously. And, you know, we thought we uh, we could be pretty good and had a chance. Uh, we were itching all summer uh, to get after it because we, you know, we did believe we could make a playoff run with this group and, you know, we just we didn't know for sure until you get on the field and try to bring it all together. Um, but obviously, it, it definitely worked out. And and Eric is, uh, you know, 100% um, embodies everything that we want our our student athletes to be. He's phenomenal academically. Uh, he's yes sir, no sir. He never complains. It's never about himself. Um, you know, he's going to block you know, his brains out whether he has seven catches or two catches, and um, that's the way he's been all year long. Uh, I'm not sure that there's a player on the team who's improved uh, as much as him from last year. You know, probably him on on offense and maybe Boyce Bankhead on defense. Uh, um, and Eric has gotten faster and more shorthanded and more confident in himself. And, man, it's a lot of fun to watch him pull away from dudes uh, in a football game, no doubt. Now, Coach, when you look at this season, very special season indeed with the players, but I look at a lot of guys on your roster as coaches. Man, you have really done a five-star job getting the right players in right position, but it started with the coaches. You put the right coaches in a position to coach up the kids that they're in charge of. Talk about this coaching staff before we get into some of the players on the staff, on the roster. You know, you know me and myself and Bennett Weigel got to know each other really well through playing against each other when I was at Flora and he was at Richland Northeast. And then we were in the same um, region and district uh, when he was the head coach at, at r and and I was at Westwood. And uh, somebody that I knew that I'd always loved to coach with if I had the opportunity, you know, we've hit it off for years and uh, everything actually came together. You know, he, he stepped down from r and and he actually already had a teaching job secured at AC Flora. <laughs> so he was kind of mm-hmm. waiting on me when I got there. 
what an absolute blessing uh, to have a guy with his his personality and his character, his values, and his ability to uh, to call defense. Uh, you know, he's he's probably blown away my expectations and um, has done such a great job. You know, just getting the kids to buy into what he's doing. And um, but it's you know it's about how you treat them and and the kind of atmosphere that he wants over there on defense and. Uh, Ken Floyd was my offensive coordinator. I mean, sorry, was my offensive line coach when I was the offensive coordinator at Flora um, in 13, 14, and 15. And uh, when I got the head job at Westwood, he became the OC at, at Flora. And obviously, Coach Shaw left and went to Burns. Tried to take him with him, uh, but <laughs> Floyd didn't want to move uh, from Columbia. And he was at uh, Swansea and Irmo, but never left teaching at AC Flora. That's how much he loved it there. <laughs> that guy would drive from. Um, just outside of Blythewood, South Carolina, at AC4 every day, and then after school, drive to Swansea to coach football. And uh, wow. to have basically both of those guys waiting on me, um, in, you know, one of them already in the building and one on the way in when I got there was, was a big deal. And Floyd already had a, rep, you know, a reputation with the kids and had rapport with kids and, and gave me somebody in the hallway to start start recruiting for spring practice, so to speak. And um, it, it really all came together and, and – Ken Floyd is extremely bright. He's actually a former defensive line All-American at North Greenville. And uh, mm. he said he got bored coaching D-line <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and went over to the offensive side of the ball and, and fell in love with it. And um, uh, he's done a great job. And I'm going to tell you what, he's he's as good of, of an offensive line box coach as you can find in high school football. There's no doubt about it. And uh, we got a lot of other guys on staff that, that – know their roles, that love their roles, embrace their roles, and, you know, they support their coordinators and they support, you know, myself and, and the vision that we try to put in place. And, and when you have unselfish guys and um, assistants that really work the tails off for you, um, it makes your job super easy. Hanging out right now with a winning coach, a state championship coach and 4A football coach, Dustin Curtis from AC Flores. These guys were crowned champions on Saturday night under the lights right there in front of you, hopefully, if not in front of you in the stadium on your TV screen, as we were enjoying the opportunity to watch it from home, Coach, we see this. And, and, and of course, we just had on a good friend of ours, David Shelton, and he mentioned your defensive front line. Now, when you say that, this defense allowed zero. That's zero 100-yard rushers all season long. That, to me, is impressive. Tell me about that defense, and then talk a little bit also about that 70% completion of passing in the air. To me, it sounds like your big business is the front line business of the defense and the offensive line guys. Those guys seem to hold their own and so that everybody else can do their job. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's hard to win championships if you're not good up front. And, you know, it really doesn't matter how good your skill players are. You know, once you get deep into the playoffs, you know, to me, the last thing you want to worry about is uh, hopefully it's not too cold and hopefully it's not raining. And, you know, if you can run the ball and you can sustain that and you can stop the run, you certainly have a chance no matter what the uh, the climate situation, you know, no matter what kind of depth of the skill players you have, you know, being able to control the clock and control the line of scrimmage uh, to me is what football is all about. And uh, our defensive front certainly um, was fantastic. Those three D linemen that call themselves the 40 boys uh, have started together for two years and, um, they got a tight bond, and, you know, the vocal guys, Jalen Brown, there in the middle, and uh, he's honestly probably one of the best leaders I've ever had. And, you know, when when players buy into your culture and, and they become your vocal leaders, um, you know, that, that just it fills your locker room. And, and Jalen Brown and Chapman Lee 
Amari and Hammond and, and Banks Pope were, were my four captains and, and those guys absolutely love being AC4 Falcons. And, and when your box guys take, you know, you notice all four of those guys are, are box guys. And when they take pride in your team and they lead your team, uh, I, mm. I think those skill guys understand that, you know, selfishness doesn't work because most of these dudes don't even get limelight. And uh, and they're still here working their tails off every chance they get. And, um, yeah, certainly impressive. Uh, we had a kid come back this year uh, who – was injured and couldn't play last year because he had to have a surgery named Max Childress. And uh, he gave us a, a lot at the linebacker spot and we could play him inside and out. And when you, we paired him uh, with the returning kid um, named Tyrell Green, who's also a basketball player, who's only a junior. Uh, and Tyrell started uh, last year as a sophomore. And I mean, he's one of the best tacklers I've, I've ever had. And, and having those two guys at outside linebacker most of the year, when, when everybody's trying not to run up the middle, because of how good the 40 boys were. Um, that, that makes it pretty easy to call your defense. Yeah, I would say so for sure, because you had 25 sacks, by the way, 16 interceptions, 52 tackle for losses on the season. When you guys saw nine games, you went 9-0. You, you look at the things, you did the things. You win the first state championship uh, at AC Flora, and you did it with a great group of men. The other coach I want to talk about, and, and I talked to this guy along with a good friend of mine, Stacy Huff, we talked to uh, Perry Orth over the summertime at a camp that he was at, and he looked at us and he said, guys, I'm going to tell you something. This team over here, they're really good, and, and, and I think, I know, I feel that we're going to be winning a state championship this year. Now, I know all these coaches get excited when they get a chance, and I think, uh, of course, uh, Perry was like, super stoked about getting this chance to coach with you, but he knew what he was talking about. There's no doubt about it. How cool is it to have a guy like Perry who has played for a guy that, of course, you and I, no, Steve Spurrier on, on different levels, but knowing that he's got that characteristic that Steve Spurrier saw something in coming out of Jacksonville, Florida, now he's on your roster or your staff, excuse me, as a coach. What all does he bring to the table, uh, not just as a coach, but some of that experience and some of the things that the kids can relate to? Man, you know, we, we try to get our kids to play um, like football's really fun. And, you know, I'm just not, everybody's got their own style. Uh, and there was probably times early in my career where I was a little bit too, you know, hard, let's work, work, work. And I'm not saying our kids don't work, uh, but we try to make the atmosphere fun. And uh, Perry really embodies, you know, kind of, uh, you know, the kind of leader that you want where he's got a lot of swag, as the kids would say, um, but it's not cocky. You know, the guy's confident, uh, he's energetic. He really has a great rapport with the kids, and you can tell like, he didn't have to be there. I mean, the, the guy run, you know, is working for himself, you know, doing his insurance and doing all this stuff uh, in business. And, you know, he's out there because he wants to be out there and he wants to make an impact on kids' lives, and he, he loves coaching the game of football. Uh, and, and I think, you know, as good as he is at teaching fundamentals and, and the time that he spends with our kids with film and stuff, the biggest thing is just the demeanor that he can instill in them about how to just relax, be confident, be knowledgeable, uh, and just just throw the ball. Like you can't you can't put extra pressure on yourself. Uh, you got to be a relaxed passer that's com- comfortable, confident, and knows where they're going. And um, he certainly is a is a pleasure. And you know that obviously rubs off on the rest of the offense uh, having him around. But I would definitely say that uh, Ethan Bemis is a direct reflection of his coach. Yeah, no doubt about that, Coach. I agree with you. As we're hanging out with the winning coach in 4A, they win the state championship in fashion, going 9-0, and winning the region 
undefeated. There's a ton of numbers. We'll release it here later with, of course, uh, their head coach, Justin Curtis, joining us all the way from AC Florida. Now, Coach, before we talk about your seniors and that conversation, that I want you to kind of give us a thought of, of what that senior class, you know, they had to go through a lot. We'll talk about them in just a minute. But, you know, you guys also had to go through some things. Recruiting, it, it's a different ball game than it's ever been before. You guys have had to really zoom in, literally, with not only, you know, one-on-ones, but also with that computer due to certain things. You know, what have you learned coming out of the 2020 season, Coach, not only with the championship, but, you know, as a coach, you guys were faced with a lot of adversity and comes out a ton of great characters you guys see with the state championship. Yeah, well, you know, first off, the kids did have to go through a whole lot of procedural changes, so to speak. And, um, you know, I think we got better and better and more creative with those as the year went on. And But when you see teams having to take two weeks breaks, it kind of puts pressure on you to think, gosh, what else can I do? How can we go out there and be successful on Fridays but still tailor our practice schedule to keep us safe and that if a kid did, you know, test positive that, you know, we wouldn't have to shut the whole team down. And, man, we were so documented and so spread out. I mean, we, we had like a red group and a blue group, and that was our team. Basically, it was half starters and half non-starters in each group. So that, like, if I lost my starting center, I wouldn't lose my two starting guards, too. And, and, you know, we did little creative things like that and, you know, big locker room groups and, uh, you know, went through. If we were doing offense in practice, we might go ones, twos, and they'd get six plays each. And then we'd go blue group, red group. You know, everything we did, we tried to break it up uh, to where kids wouldn't be next to each other um, for, for long periods of time. And um, when you have good leadership and a mature group, uh, that part made it easy. Uh, and yeah, now as we're getting into recruiting, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say the name of the school, obviously, but, you know, somebody, um, a couple coaches have come to see us and talk to us. And, and the reality of the situation with what colleges are dealing with is, is this rule where kids' eligibility doesn't count against them this year. How are they going to have money if every senior chooses to return? <laughs> uh, what, hmm. What's going to happen with the transfer portal? And uh, I'm going to tell you, this is going to be the most unique um, probably depressing year, just to be quite honest, for, for high school seniors because there's just going to be so much uncertainty. And I feel like it's going to drag on a lot later than normal. I think you're going to see a lot of kids get offered into April and May, um, you know, opportunities that they want to see because these college coaches are just going to have to wait and find out what their kids are going to do and what situations they're going to be in. And, um, you know, you could see some extensive gray shirts and, and things like that uh, that come up this year. And, and obviously that's uh, – that's sad, but hopefully the NCAA and, and the colleges will, will kind of figure out a way to uh, to push it through and make it work. But there is no doubt that recruiting is going slower than it normally does because so many of the small schools, not, not group of five and power five, but the other ones are just in such a wait-and-see mode um, that uh, uh, they don't have all the answers yet either. And so I hope all, all the seniors out there listening right now, they just need to be patient. Uh, and if you had a good a good opportunity that you have right now uh, that you're comfortable with and, and you believe in, you should probably take it uh, just so it doesn't go away. Um, but there's really just not a lot these coaches can do and, until they figure out how it all how, how the dust settles. Well, Coach, this is uh, Eugene Benton here. I'm kind of behind the scenes pushing buttons and stuff. Um, we did find out today there is a meeting scheduled at the NCAA on December 16th, ironically, that is the early signing day next Wednesday. Um, 
the proposal set forth right now uh, for, and we're talking Division One because we're talking about the 85 scholarship rule, is that they schools would allow, uh, and it's up to the school, um, would allow guys who have who are in their last year of eligibility to keep them on scholarship, but them not count towards the 85. Therefore, they could take classes in 2021, 2022, kind of, you know, as they would or normally would. But that uh, that seems to be what they're – that's the proposal set forth before the committee on December 16th is that uh, anybody who would be in their final year of eligibility, whether, you know, they decide to sit out a year or, or use this year as kind of a, a don't-count year. Anyway, um, the school could have de- decided itself whether to keep that, those guys on scholarship um, and then they're, you know, thereby opening up those roster spots for 2021. So we'll definitely keep you guys updated too. But, um, you know, we'll be monitoring that that ruling or, or that committee meeting next Wednesday. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what uh, I had a I had a conversation with the college coach that came by last week and sitting on the couches in the office. And that's exactly what what both of us said was if this is what you're going to do, NCAA, you can't you can't just uh, shut off recruiting for a year. You're going to have to let these schools not count these guys. And, you know, that that's a great thing for, you know, D2 and D3 because they don't have that many scholarships anyway. And so if they're allowed to bring guys in and just still give them a little bit of athletic money, they can, they'll figure it out with, with academic packages and things like that. So that's, that's great news. I hope it works at the, at the top levels because then it'll probably trickle down to the other ones too. Now, Coach, as you uh, start to look at the season coming up here, 2020 class, uh, you know, that you saw just graduate last year, you you saw that these guys meant a lot to you. But here comes this 21 class. And and let's talk about a couple of guys. And this is where we'll we'll finish it up here with you, with giving some love to these kids who – and I told every 2021 kid that's come on this show since, you know, the beginning of the season, when you guys make it through this, by God, you'll make it through anything. And and I believe that to be true (laughs) as they get down life. Right, Coach? You've got not only Eric Rice, who's a senior wide receiver. you got, of course, uh, Matthew Pack Jr., who is the region, I believe, Offensive Player of the Year, and a ton of other dudes and dogs or, or, or what have you over there with you guys. Uh, tell me about your 21 class. What makes these kids so special? And something that you will always remember about this class other than any others that you've uh, been able to coach. Well, number one, I think they really love each other. And and if you recruit one of these kids, you're going to have um, a bunch of team-first guys that really just want to be a good teammate. And, you know, obviously when you're talented, you want the ball and, and you want to, uh, you know, if you're an offensive player, you want to showcase your abilities and talents. But these guys understood what we had. And when you have kids like that that can buy into a vision and an idea, you know, to me that's the kind of kids you want in your program, these high-character kids that – are going to bust their tail. You know, they're going to lay everything that they got out for their school. Uh, and we got a bunch of them. And Eric and, and Matt Pack are certainly two of them. And, um, I, you know, I know that them not being able to take visits over the summer and go to one-day camps have, have certainly put them behind a little bit. Um, Eric's just flat gotten a lot faster since last year. And even though he was our best receiver last year, I mean, he's not even – last year's not even close to his abilities at this point. I mean, he's really pulling away from guys. And you can see it on film. Um, I've never had a kid take this many screens uh, for explosive plays as him. And, and we fit it up well, but then he outruns the rest and uh, has done a phenomenal job. And Amore Stevens and Jalen Brown on the D-line, 
You know, they're not 6'3-ish like, like a Marion, but those guys are high-motor kids. They're strong. They're physical. They get after it. Um, you know, they, they do a wonderful job, too. Max Childress, that outside linebacker, is a, uh, you know, I think is a big-time defensive mentality kid where he just plays with such passion and emotion. Um, if, if you could run through a wall to sack the quarterback, he would, he would be the first to volunteer uh, to do that. You know, that's just the kind of kind of crazy kid he is. And um, he's uh, also a great baseball player and, and has a chance to hopefully get a chance to play both uh, at the next level. And uh, we got three offensive linemen, you know, that I really feel like could go help somebody at the next level at, at various levels with uh, um, left, left guard Emmanuel Watkins, right guard Billy Avant. Uh, and right tackle Chapman Lee, you know, Chapman's kind of a tweener size and, you know, he knows that, but, um, you know, he's probably athletic enough, plays across that, it, you know, he could maybe play some H back in a run oriented offense. But uh, Billy Avan is, is he's mauled people all year. Uh, the kids gained 30, 35 pounds, 40 pounds since last year, but he hadn't slowed down at all. You know, he's up around 290 right now, um, wrestled for the first time last year and made it to the state finals. I mean, the kid is, is a phenomenal athlete. And, uh, I like to tell everybody, my two guards will pull. They'll pull on you, they'll pancake you, and they'll be smiling the entire time that they do it. That's just the kind of infectious personalities that they got. Uh, they're great kids, and they love to play the game, and those two are best buddies. And uh, you know, hopefully as things keep, keep shaking out and progressing, we'll, we'll get a chance to have them go play somewhere. Wrapping it up here with the head coach over there at AC Floor. He has a state championship ring and a trophy to go with it and a few other trophies that he got along the way. And who knows what's going to come up here in the postseason with Coach Dustin Curtis here on Southern Sports Central. Coach, I want to say on behalf of all of us, to all of you, thank you for doing it the right way. Thank you for not giving up, not quitting, not, of course, you know, uh, seeing the other side, which a lot of people want to talk about and uh, why we couldn't. We talked about why we can, and you did under the lights on Saturday night, Coach. Uh, so congratulations on your state championship win. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, appreciate all y'all do for high school athletics. And hopefully we'll get to talk to you again sometime. You definitely will, Coach. God bless you, your family. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and all the fun in the new year. Amen, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, guys, there you go. He is a state championship coach, and he led those boys of AC Flora to a state championship ring season indeed. Uh, Eugene, let me bring you back in, my friend. Is uh, Man, I had a chance to talk to that guy, and, and I got to tell you, Coach Curtis is as down to earth as, as they come. I even, like I said earlier today, I talked to Coach Knotts, and, and to talk to all these championship coaches, man, it, it, it's a blast. And we did, by the way, we did get the heads up that Coach uh, from Daniel High School, 3A state championship head coach, Bruster is going to be joining us at uh, 8 o'clock, Eugene. I don't know if you saw that memo that uh, I just sent to you as well on the other side of the glass. Yeah, we actually just put it out there for the listeners to let them know to tune in. He'll be joining us soon. Um, you know, one of the things you, you're hearing from these guys is so much is everybody, I guess, thinks that if you want to be a champion, you got to be like, uh, we'll use the word butthole, as some coaches are kind of known for. But, the, you know, the resounding theme you keep hearing from from champion coaches coaches who now have rings some of them have multiple rings is you know you make it fun for the kids and you teach them the game you teach them responsibility and and you get that culture going where kids are holding themselves and each other accountable i mean you're a coach you can't be so many places at one time so uh you know i, I was kind of interested if, if there was going to be a uh kind of this over over zoning uh 
theme for the night uh, other than, you know, we all have rings and, and state titles and things like that. But, you know, it just seems like, you know, they, they preach having fun, doing things the right way, and, uh, you know, kind of creating that culture so that when those senior leaders and those older guys step up, you know, they want to come to the weight room and they want to bring others with them and they want to hold each other accountable and they play for, you know, much like the intro you and I used where, um, you know, the speaker's talking about playing for the guy on your left and your right playing for your brothers. Uh, so that right. that does seem to be this theme that we uh, continually hear from these state champion coaches. Well, you know, and, and the thing is, and I should say this, you know, and nobody knows Coach Curtis and Coach Knox and Coach Bruster and, of course, Coach Sunnyborn as well as their players and their parents know these guys. And I can promise you, players don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I bet if you ask each one of these coaches that question right now, they tell you the same thing. You're exactly right, Rich. You're exactly right. You know, for a guy like Tom Knotts who, who, who corrected, you know, because I knew the number was misstrewed. I wanted to get the number from him, though. I wanted him to tell me, and he did. That's what winning, they just win. Win in conversation. They win in and, and, and anything that they do, they're just winners, right? And, and you heard him talk about his scheme and how it would work, you know, where he's at. He doesn't know what it would work in a, in a place that doesn't win. He doesn't know that. Same thing go for, you know, Coach uh, Dustin Curtis, who, by the way, he's got some uh, pretty good history there. The next time I get him on, we're, we're going to let him take off his, uh, his AC floor head coaching hat. We're going to let him put on just a, a, a laid back, chilling out, hanging out with the boys hat. And we'll talk about his path to let him to this championship season because he's got a pretty good uh, storyline, but I wanted to kind of keep it real with the AC floor and winning that, that, that state championship and doing the things, because again, you know, we had in here with us, Eric Rice, who is the wide receiver who ended up with seven catches, 117 yards and two touchdowns. Right. And then this young man was incredible, you know, and I knew once Perry Orth and I had this conversation along with uh, Stacy Huff and Miss B and all of us that were at that infinity camp at Ben Lippin, you know, he said it, looked this dead square in the eye. And I, of course, remember the first time I've met Perry. And that's when, you know, he called me. We were having the conversations. And I said, bring your QB1 down here to Somerville or Charleston. And I landed him up the campus for his very first ever time down here in the low country where Joe Call and I opened up the field and we opened up the facility so that they could do the practices, so they could do the things in the classroom. You know, since then, he's been able to grow, and he's gone into other parts of the Charleston. Same thing as what we did with Perry is we took him over to uh, Doug Illy, to my alumni at Sacristy, where he introduced QB1 to the Grand Strand for the first time. And then, same thing, had a classroom, had all the settings, and since then, he's moved it to other places and facilities. That's what I love about what we do is that we get guys like Coach Curtis, like Coach Knox, and coming up here in just a little bit, we're going to get in here with uh, Coach Jeff Fruster, as uh, I believe Daniel is the team, right, that, that walked across the field after the tough loss, or their tough win, but Camden's tough loss. Is that right, Eugene? Actually, uh, that was a uh, coach that was just on. That was four. Uh, they walked across and uh, met uh, some of the D-line and some of the big guys over there at North Myrtle Beach. And, uh, as the young man said, some of the guys had either played for in the youth league or, or known those guys from camps and whatnot. So, uh, actually, that was the Flora kids that went across the field and into the lo- or outside the locker room at the door and met Chase Simmons and some of the other guys outside and you know some of the videos and that you can hear was right. you know Chase acknowledging to the guys that just how great they were at Flora and vice versa. Uh, so that was actually a, a big deal and I believe that Daniel kids did uh, something similar with um, the Camden guys as well. 
Right. Now, I think, Coach Curtis, are you still with us, Coach? I think I see you still hanging on. Are you with us? I am. I was actually just listening. <laughs> yeah, that's I No, I appreciate you doing that. See, that's the Lord right there, my brother. I thought it was – I wasn't sure if it was you guys or somebody else, and I don't want to – you know, I didn't want to take it away, and I, I don't ever be, like to be called out when I'm wrong. I don't, I don't like to lose, whether it be a conversation – or, or a game on the football field. But l- let me give you some love real quick, because I'm going to tell you something, man. During all this transition, that right there, it, and again, I'm trying to go back through my notes from Monday, that was amazing, man. I mean, for you guys who want to say championship, hey, man, you'll always remember that. But for what I saw, that to me, that to me was every bit of what you would see on a Disney movie, what you would see on Remember the Titans or anything. What led that charge, man? I mean, that's something that you had to teach these kids something way before a football game. Uh, you know, I, I just feel like, uh, I probably, the, the more I've coached, the more I've tried to, uh, just create like a loose atmosphere. Uh, and I hope I'm answering your question correctly. Uh, no, I was mildly distracted. Um, but if you're referring to the way our kids played and the way that they, they bought in and the energy that they bring, um, number one, I think you have to have your your whole coaching staff buy into that mentality too. And uh, it's not right. a yeller, screamer, fusser. It's demanding. Um, but, man, every kid in our program would tell you that every coach tells them that they love them, every single one. And we do it all the time. And it might sound cheesy to some people and it might be corny. And we don't say it in a forced way. Uh, it's genuine. And uh, when you surround these guys with genuine men um, that really want to go out on a limb for them and really want to push them to be great in all aspects of their life, uh, they're smart. They they feel it. They pick up on that. And um, when they start treating each other in that way, that's when you've won. Like that's when you've really won because when they start acting that way amongst themselves, now you've got everybody bought into that same mindset. Uh, and then all of a sudden, little things and, and little recognitions for individuals don't matter. And to me, when you get past that point, uh, you know, special things happen, and kids play in a special way, and they play above their heads. And, um, you know, some of our kids probably did play above their heads. But that's great. That's, that's what you're working for as a coach. No doubt, Coach. And for you guys to walk across the field, love on those players on the other side. And, and, and I know a lot of those North Myrtle Beach kids, because of the relationship we have here on Southern Sports Central, we know a good bit of your young men as well. And I tell people this all the time. While we sit there and watch the enjoyment of one team, unfortunately, because of the line of business that I'm in, I have to sit there and watch the guys who aren't on that winning side. And it's a tough thing. But when I heard that your guys walked across, and if there's ever – and I'm pretty sure that the, 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 the Commissioner Singleton's got this character award, but, but i got to tell you, man, it, it's got to go to you guys because that, to me, was a five-star performance that you couldn't imagine ever seeing with your own eyes. You know, I've seen it when players get hurt. You see the other teams. You remember Marcus Lattimore going down and, and Tennessee walked over there to him and it was very heartfelt, touching. But this one, this one was a lot bigger. And I got to tell you, coach, I'm going to end it with this and go to the break here at the top of the hour. But uh, man, keep doing what you're doing, coach. And I know you heard me. I'm bringing you back. I just wanted you to have your moment here with uh, the state championship. But we're coming <laughs> back and we're going to switch hats and we're going to talk about the path that got coach uh, Dustin Curtis all the way to AC floor into a state championship buddy appreciate it thank you yeah that it did mean a lot to me too I, I'm sorry I missed that specifically but Amarion had a relationship with that kid um, Simmons at camp and they went and talked about how they're going to see each other in the Southern Conference next year and stuff and uh, <laughs> definitely a really cool moment from uh, amongst some really cool kids 
No doubt, Coach. God bless. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. All right, we're going to let him hang out in the green room. He might want to listen to the next call because we go from, of course, AC Flora to where? Well, we're going to head over to Daniel. Before we do that, we got to reset the button because here comes the 3A state champ, Coach Jeff Bruster, a big 52-31 win over the Camden Dogs. But tonight, on that night, it was the Lions that were the mighty victory, guys, and they break. And then the head coach of the 3A state championship, Coach Bruster. Guys, don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. It is the final hour of Southern Sports Central on a chilly night on the coastline of South Carolina where we're talking to a lot of champions here tonight. And tonight is, the, of course, uh, the winning circle of the show as we have now been blessed by two coaches who all wear championship rings. Started off at 7 o'clock with Coach Tom Knotts, Dutch head football coach, as he did the things that they do in postseason and win another championship in 5A football. Then it was over to AC Flora. Coach Justin Curtis gets the big win under the lights on a Saturday night with uh, AC Flora getting it done. And now bringing in on style with the rock introduction is Coach Bruster as it is a Daniel win. And I got to tell you, Coach, first of all, welcome to the first of many visits to our show, Southern Sports Central. But, man, 52-31 against a team that I saw at a, a, a very good Camden team that you guys just handled business and we're able to keep the ball in your hands all night long. For having me. Don't don't worry, you won't be the last one to make this mistake, but it's actually Frewster. I know that's a funny Brewster, looking name yes. that comes across the screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you correcting me because I'm going to tell you something else I do on Friday nights. I, I'm the voice over at uh, Fort Dorchester in, in North Charleston. I was over at Somerville for a, a handful of years, double-digit years over there, and I tell you what, the thing that you don't want to do, I could get a lot of things right and wrong, but getting names, man, grandmas and mamas, they, they're, they're some of the hardest on us when it comes down to pronouncing names there, Coach Bruster. So we appreciate you, you helping us out with that. But uh, all of that being said, man, I, I tell you, what an incredible performance. I sat on the couch and uh, with the luxury of, uh, of the cable company and watched you guys really – do what you guys have done all year long and, and something special over there that y'all keep building up. And of course we had one of your players join us, uh, Jackson Crosby on uh, Monday night, but man, uh, walk us through week one to uh, week all the way to this past Saturday in the state championship. Well, you know, it was something that I honestly felt like was building. It was in the making 
um, something that we have been building toward for the last three seasons um, ever since we made a few changes and, you know, definitely believed in the kids and their ability and they believed in us and bought into everything that we were selling and, you know, the proof is in the pudding. So, you know, those guys came out on top. Um, it was a strange season, obviously. Uh, uh, COVID and only having seven games guaranteed, and even those games weren't guaranteed. Uh, we got six out of the seven in uh, and was thankful for that. So I think the name of the season is definitely appreciation uh, for the fact that we got to play as much football as we did. Now, Coach, I'm looking here, and congratulations on the uh, Coach of the Year over there in your region. You also had the Player of the Year in Josiah Benson. And uh, I'm trying to do the numbers quick, but it's not happening here. But it looks like you've got very close to, if not 10, a little over 10, Coach. Uh, what an incredible uh, performance in, in a ton of those young men that got it done for you. Absolutely. And they, they deserve all the recognition that they can get. Uh, I think we knew for a long time just how special this senior class was capable of being solely off of their selfless attitude. Um, they're, they're wanting everyone to do good and then how together they were. Uh, so we knew we had to take advantage of that. Um, and, and we stressed them a, a, a bit and, and they responded well. Cause you know, we're all about how you can respond to adversity and, how you can bounce back and, and control what uh, your actions are. And so, you know, we had we knew we had a special group on our hands. And like I said, we just wanted to take advantage of that. Hanging out with the region coach of the year. He's also a state championship coach as well over there in 3A football here in the great state of South Carolina. Coach Jeff Fruster from Daniel High School as we uh, invade the campus with you, Coach. You got 13 dudes over there on that region team. I counted them as you were – uh, of course, uh, letting us get some information from you. But w when you look at these 13, plus you got, I guess, probably another, what, what 50 more, if not uh, a little more than that, that, that really seems like to me every week, and, and I was keeping up with you guys throughout the season because I had seen this, this thing started to turn last year, and then coming into this year, I was like, yeah, this is a team that you better keep an eye on because they're going to make a lot of noise in 3A. And you started seeing some shifting in other programs, but not with you guys other than the factor that it seems like the momentum, like you guys were a hurricane getting over some warm waters. And it seemed like every week you guys got stronger and stronger and stronger. And you got stronger, I think at the best time. And that was at the state championship game where you guys were able to put up a lot of points on a team that didn't give up many points or, uh, you know, not scored as many points as maybe they had in the past. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think every coach would agree that you want to be playing your best ball late and, you know, that was something that we challenged the kids with was to continually be a better version of yourself tomorrow than you were today. And, you know, that's something that they bought into wholeheartedly. And, you know, the importance of staying ahead of the Camden group was very important. We knew how explosive they were on offense and how dangerous they were on defense. When you look at their scores and, you know, what they were able to hold opponents to and how many points they were able to hang on the board, you know, we, we knew coming into the game how important it was going to be to stay ahead of those guys and to try to control the momentum as best we could. Now, Coach, I'm looking at the numbers. You got six of these, by the way, state championships, all the way back to 1966, 1991, 92, 95, 98. And then you took a little break, and here we are in a pandemic that I know you guys are glad it's here, and that 2020 championship banner will be put up, I'm sure, uh, in week one of next year, if not before in a couple of other places around town. 
What was it like for you guys, man? The one thing I enjoy about covering high school football, man, is it's like watching Friday Night Lights week after week or remember the Titans when these guys go into their hometowns and the town is shut down. And 3A football, by the way, 2A, 1A football, these three different divisions play what I remember growing up in the state in 4A football because we didn't have five back in the day. But the whole town supports you guys. I mean, realistically, Everybody shuts down and comes into the stadium. What was it like when you guys went back to Central South Carolina where you guys were pulling through town and, and, and the crowd, of course, brings you in uh, and, and welcomes you back with another trophy? Well, I'll tell you, that was one of the more amazing feelings um, I've ever experienced, and it's something that I would hope every coach has a chance to experience, you know, just being able to be welcomed back. I mean, as soon as we hit the exit, uh, there were plenty of lights, plenty of people out, and you know, by the time we got to the stadium, about five minutes away, we could see the lights. We could see the people lining the streets and making their way into the stadium, waiting on our arrival and, you know, cheering us as we took the field for the very last time for the season, you know, as we did our medal celebration. And that was just a very special time for all of us. I think it uh, holds a little closer meaning to me and my defensive coordinators as, as we're alumnus and to be mm-hmm. able to, you know, lead your school back. Uh, to a place where I was familiar with being in um, during my time as a Lion. I think that's what means the most. Now, Coach, you're talking about being an alumni. i got to ask it, man. Uh, what year did you graduate from uh, from the same high school you just took a championship back to him? I graduated in 99. So I was, on, I was a freshman on our 95 state championship team. I was a junior on our 97 state appearance where we lost to uh, – uh, Fairfield Central, and then I was a senior in 98, the last time we won it against mm. a very good Manning team. You know it's coming. You got two in the pocket as a player, one in the pocket as a coach. You know, I, I, I didn't see this one coming, but here's God putting it in my mind, and I got to put it out here for you. But what's the difference between being a player, winning that first win your freshman year, winning it your senior year for the second time, and here's a head coach, experiencing and, and as a coach uh, that I've been able to do as well I, I know things mean something different but give me your perspective coach you've got three but they come from different areas well I think more than anything it's the wherewithal you know as, a, as an 18 year old kid and as a 15 year old kid you know life's coming at you pretty fast and you know you don't always have that discipline to hold on to memories the way you know you should. But, you know, in your adult life, you start to appreciate every waking moment of it. And so, Mm. you know, that's the biggest difference for me is that, you know, these are memories I know I'm going to hold on to and have for a long time because, you know, when you're a player on the field, all you remember is the game and you remember, you know, the goods, the bads, the the, the plays. And um, it's hard to hold on to all of those memories. But as a coach, uh, you, you start to remember weeks at a time and, and what it took to get you there and, and how special it is to hold on um, to that dream and, and appreciate those times in, in that state championship game. Now, Coach, uh, you've had some, some pretty good names around you with some pretty big last names on the back of their jerseys uh, that would be, of course, uh, you know, with, with that connection to the upstate up there at Clemson. Uh, you know, it, it would be, uh, I guess, absent for me not to ask the question, how, how nice is that? I mean, to have a guy like a Brent Venerable's son out there, Coach Sweeney's son around you, you know, you get that type of atmosphere. And, you know, like I know, if you've ever, you know, been involved around a, a player's, uh, a coach's son, if you will, you know, he brings that same intensity a little bit, Coach. Tell me what's it like to have that environment 
automatically in because of, you got those young athletes are bringing that talent with them to your program. Well, I think it's great. I think it's a great uh, resource for us to have and um, to be able to, you know, go to those guys and uh, get some great championship advice. And, um, you know, they have an open door policy with us, which I think is awesome. Um, and if, if you're a coach, you got to love um, being able to coach with a little bit of pressure, you know, because you want to prove that, that, you know, you're capable of leading those young men to, to a level of excellence. So, you know, I think it's been a great experience for us so far to be able to look to those guys, lean on them, um, and, and still have the ability to, you know, have them trust us with their young men because, you know, the fact is that those young men could have been anywhere, uh, but they're there with us and, and they're, you know, helping us uh, get to championship-level football. Hanging out right now with a championship coach. He's got three in his pocket, by the way. Two of them came when he played as a freshman, as a senior. He also made an appearance in between there. But he got two rings as a player. He got one now as a head coach. And that, of course, is Coach Jeff Bruster, an alumni of uh, now the six-time state championship team out of Daniel. Uh, coach, it, it just seems like that is the, the expectations in certain schools that, you know, you're, if you heard earlier, Coach Knotts, he said, yeah, that's what that that's that's where we are. We're, we're at the point that that we know that that's the goal we set. It's not it's not the region. It's not the lower state. It's the state championship. What kind of conversation did you have? And uh, follow up that with, do you look at the young man that wears the same jersey that you wore, and, and how much impression do you put on that with this young man and some of the stories that you're able to share? <laughs> Oh, man, I, I tell you, those days are long behind me. Um, <laughs> you, at, at this point in my career, you learn to appreciate all the young men in every jersey. And, you know, it's just about setting an expectation. You know, we talk a lot within our team about setting a standard and, you know, performing to that standard all the time because we knew that's what it was going to take to get us to where we wanted to be. And, you know, I'm just so thankful for these seniors for setting this standard for us and, being able to lead the way and then show this younger crowd exactly what it's going to take and what it looks like to get there. So I tell you, I, I can't thank this senior class enough uh, specifically for their leadership um, and, and their ability to fight through all adversity to get what they knew they wanted this entire time. Good segue there, coach. You might have a little broadcasting in your future as you help me out there with this one. Talk seniors. All right. So, so this senior class, uh, you know, a, a different class than any other. These guys were tried through and through. They had a lot of things coming at them. They had to remain being that strong leader in front of their underclassmen brothers on that football field when, quite frankly, I'm sure there were moments that they were frustrated, but they couldn't show it. They had to do what they did and, again, win another state championship over there with you guys, you know, this year at Daniel. Now tell me about this senior class. What makes this senior class so much uh, different than any class that you've coached and what's something you'll remember about these young men and how many graduate in this class this year? Well, I think we have 20 seniors in this year's class. And, you know, most notably what comes to mind is that they've seen the program um, at, at some very low points and, and to be able to go from the low points to the highest of the highs. I think that right there just sums up the ability of this senior class. And then when you look at the journey, and, and what it took to get here. I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, starting in June 8 with pods of eight in the coach and can't touch a weight and can't touch a ball and, you know, your conditioning and it's hard to build that camaraderie uh, when it's only eight of you, but you build it within your position group. And then 
you know, to get to a point to where we can touch a ball, to get to a point to where, you know, we can have more people within a group, to get to a point to where, you know, we're actually getting in the weight room consistently and um, being able to lift. And then, you know, you get a short two-week fall camp, and then it's games for real. You know, you start off with your region play. So, you know, the importance of starting out strong and fast and, 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 you know, knowing that every week your playoff implications are on the line. And so for them to battle through all that, you know, we, we played uh, the 3A returning state champ. We played the 4A returning state champ twice. Um, so, you know, the path to get there was just, it almost seemed insurmountable. And, again, it just speaks to their ability to overcome adversity. No doubt as you guys overcame adversity, winning the state championship right there in 3A football, picking up number six in the state championship conversation overall in the school history. You got two as a player, one as a coach. You know, Coach, as you look at it, we talked about some of the things your seniors are going to take out of it. But as a a man that's played the game, you and I, of course, uh, you know, go back probably – similar in age there so we've got some similarities there coach but when you look at what we played and you see what these kids have to do now you know as a coach what what do you see that you took out of this year that you will carry with you in the 21 season next year that you'll be able to leave you know the guys that were graduating that 22 class well I think more than anything you you when you look back at your days and you look at what's ahead of you, you start to realize just how much the game has changed you know, I, I played in a predominantly run system, um, as as did many of the opponents that we faced. And, you know, the game's so much more wide open. Uh, the athletes are a lot smarter, a lot bigger, a lot stronger, a lot faster. You know, they look like grown men out there playing a, a, a kid's game. And so you look at where the games come to now in the arena of high school sports and, and how much uh, study and, and detail you have to put in your game plan uh, to, to be able to put these kids in position to be successful. You know, so much rides on you and your preparation. And, you know, that's why we put so much time into our preparation because, you know, Friday night's the payday. That's that's the easy night of the week. And, and Monday through Thursday should be the real game because if you can consistently beat yourself, you're giving yourselves a chance against your opponent. Now, Coach, one thing that I listened to is a guy that uh, I think is one of the best motivators out there, and I think it's Eric Thomas does it, and he talks about adversity, and that's something that we all like adversity because that's when we come alive. That's when we become the best of the best of who we are when our back's against the wall. When was it at this year, at some point this year, that maybe the back was against the wall for you guys, and y'all fought out like a lion, no pun intended there, and you found a way to win and you found out at that moment, when was that for you guys that you said, oh, you know what, I think this is it. I think this is our special year, coaches. we got to keep this uh, pedal down and keep this momentum in our favor. Well, I think more than anything, I think it's the epidemic. I think that was the biggest adversity for all of us this entire season. And, you know, what we were asked to do from, you know, getting dressed in groups um, to, to keep in separation uh, to consistently, you know, wearing your mask and trying to protect yourselves. And then you look at it from, from eight to three and, you know, hoping that you're going to have players available for you on Friday and, and not lose any due to secondary quarantines or what have you. So, you know, that was the biggest adversity at all for all of us. But, you know, we have always adopted this uh, next play, next man up mentality, you know, so that no matter what happens, um, I told the kids all the time to be ready for their moment because we never knew uh, when you would be called on. And so I thought the kids did a great job of being ready for their moment 
uh, no matter when it occurred and no matter who it was, you know, and that's the way we prepared. We prepared so that everyone would have a chance to give to this team and the success that they had this year. Coach, you've done a great job, and I got to tell you, I got to get you back in here as well because I want to know more about your program than I do today, and, I, and I'm educated by you guys winning. Of course, us down here in the lower state, our partner company is up there in the upstate. That's the uh, the, the high school blitz with Ken Brown and I have taken our two companies, and uh, we've, uh, we we decided he would dominate the upstate. I'm going to take, take, take care of the lower state. Then we got Ms. V in the middle of the state, so we kind of say we smother and cover the state. With our Junior Bowl coming up, as uh, I think you're aware of, on the 20th, our Senior Bowl is going to pop out on the 2nd, um, with, with all of that being said. But I hear great things about you from Ken and his group. And, of course, I've learned a lot by you guys winning. And, of course, uh, just watching you guys win on the field. And then I investigated a few things and found out that the character of your team off the field, Coach, is something that you don't even get a chance to read about as much because of the news cameras and the writers usually stick to the football field. Absolutely. And I think for me, you know, the one word that's always been predominant and prevalent in our community is that of tradition. And we've got a lot of, you know, tried and true traditions, and, and one of those is winning. And, you know, once you have a team that has shown that they're capable of going all the way, uh, when you look at what this, this area was capable of producing in the 90s, you know, you look at the, the multiple pros we were able to produce um, here in the early 2000s, um, this this area has always been capable of producing athletes um, that can do what we were able to do this year. You know, that tradition and that pressure, um, it drives you, and, and it makes you um, understand just, just what this community is capable of producing and, and how important it is to lead them in the right direction and show them some success. Well, Coach, you've done success in a good fashion. I appreciate what you've done in your days of playing here in our great state. There ain't no better ballers in the state of South Carolina. I saw an article uh, or somebody tweeted something out earlier uh, over the weekend about the, the lack of talent here in our state of South Carolina, and I got to feel like that guy must have been hibernating with the COVID season because we got ballers from Daniel all the way around the great state of South Carolina, and that's never changed from the days you and I played here in this state, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> you look no further than what Coach Knox is doing there in Columbia and, you know, the success that he's been able to sustain. I'd I put him up against anybody. Well, Coach, I tell you what, we're going to get you back in here, hopefully before the Christmas holiday. But if not, I want to get you in and around. And uh, I want to welcome you to our game on the 20th. I'm not sure it's over at Ben Limpin. That is the, uh, the, the high school blitz uh, junior bowl. And then we got the senior bowl down here at Woodland High School on the 2nd. I'd love you to be my guest and come down, and I'll mic you up. We'll talk football, and you can practice some of your broadcasting. So when you retire from coaching like they do in the college and the pro levels, man, we can put you in a press box, and you can do what you do. And realize that they feed us in the press box, by the way. That's why you see us gaining a little weight after we get done coaching. Oh, man, that might be all the motivation to stay away. I'm actually <laughs> trying to drop a few. <laughs> <laughs> Well, God bless you and your family, Coach. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all the good stuff, and congratulations, man. I tell you, I, I didn't know until I had researched it that you had a couple of state championships as a player, and now you got one as a coach. And, and, and to bring it back to your hometown, as I watched, you know, uh, a, a team up there in Wren where I saw the, the head coach and, and his wife, who were alumni of that school last year, you see in their face and in their eyes of, of how much it means to bring a championship back to your alumni as a coach and 
man, I, I couldn't imagine. Uh, you probably haven't slept since Saturday, but I do appreciate you giving us some time here on a Wednesday, Coach. Oh, it's no problem, man. I appreciate you having me. Always a pleasure, God. Appreciate you. God bless. Make sure you tell your guy thank you so much. He, he did a good job. We got on him all day today. And, and Jackson Crosby, by the way, who uh, I think he had, what, three touchdowns on the night. But I think the player of the game should be the kid that scored, went on the track, and, and, and not only did he not fumble the ball, but he didn't fall down in the back of the end zone as uh, he ran through like Bo Jackson. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tell you what, we work on those feet quite a bit, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. Take care, Coach. Thanks for the time. Congratulations to you, your team, the town, and everybody involved over there as you guys keep balling out at Daniel. Thank you. All right, guys, we got to take a break because we got another five-star guest coming in here with us on Southern Sports Central. Don't go anywhere. We're heading, well, to a place that we would like to call, uh, well, Southside Christian with Coach Mike Sonnyborn, and he's got two state championships hanging now at this place. They won one in 2015. They just got one in 2020. We go there next, right here on Southern Sports Central. Guys, don't go anywhere. Our final celebrity five-star, big-time, heavyweight championship coach in the 1A of State of South Carolina is going to join us right out of this, guys. Don't go anywhere. He's all the best in me. When everyone else around can only see the worst in me. I wish I had a witness tonight that he saw the best in me. I guess I'm the only one that's his testimony. When everyone else around me can only see the worst in me. Can I tell y'all one more time, one more time? I said he saw the best in me. When everyone else around could only see the worst in me. I wish I had a witness tonight. All I need is one. He saw the best in me. When everyone else around me, yeah.
And we welcome you, everybody, here to Southern Sports Central. It is a beautiful night as we have now had three state championship trophy presented here on the show with three five-star coaches. We bring in the fourth, and that starts right there at Southside Christian with the head coach, Coach Mike Sunborn, as they went big over Lakeview 46-6. to Coach, welcome to Southern Sports Central. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure there, Coach. First of all, I want to appreciate your time in advance, uh, taking away from your family. I'm sure they're like, man, you've given up every other night. I thought we got you back. The season's over. But I'm sure media has uh, definitely been one of your best friends or at least one of your heavy hitters on the conversations, huh, Coach? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, um, you know, it's been a busy uh, – you know, obviously, it's been a busy month just from as a football coach, but it's also been uh, – you know, it's been busy as far as media and stuff like that goes, but, you know, you'll, you'll never turn that stuff down. It's good for your school, good for your program, good for your kids. No doubt about it. What is good, Coach, uh, winning? And that's something that you guys have done in fashion this year, by the way. Uh, your, stake, your second state championship, as you guys uh, won in 2015, here you are five years later picking it up in 2020. And, you know, I watched you guys just dominate – it, it seemed like uh, week after week after week, and I was telling you this earlier off the air, I said, man, look, when I saw what you guys did early, I started asking questions in the upstate getting the, the, the paper on you guys because I said, I'm telling you what, if they keep balling out, they're, they're only going to get better. And, and it seems, like I've said to a lot of the coaches that have joined us here tonight, it, it seems like every team that's played so far to this point, you saved your best game for last. And I, and I would have to say that y'all did that right here by beating a very good team out of Dillon County and Lakeview that represented the lower state, but you did it with a 46 to six win, man. I, you know, I, I don't think I've seen such a dominating performance in, uh, in quite some time in, in a state championship game. Well, we might have just lost the coach here. I'm not sure. Eugene, jump in here with me, man, until he jumps back in. But, uh, man, the excitement might have got him as well. But, you know, you, you look at this one as the second state championship title in uh, in school history, right? And, and you see it all the way as they won that last one back in 2015. And uh, you watch what they did. Now, the Sabres, of course, were dominating on both sides of the ball of of the entire season, averaging more than 40 points a game and only allowing 25 points on the defensive side now Eugene defensive teams they say defense wins championships now you're a special teams guy you might say special teams does special things and does that as well but when you see what you and I have seen and and I know we have the commissioner in here and actually I think he's still hanging out with us listening to the show in in the background here but you know we, we we're very familiar with uh you know that youth program because of the South Carolina Youth Football Association and what Southside has done. We do bring him back in here with us, by the way. So, Coach, welcome back here. We lost you for a minute. But, you know, we were just talking about how you guys uh, averaged 40 points during the season but only gave up 25. I mean, you talk about a balanced team. You guys were definitely uh, the, the definition of what balance on a football field looks like. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we, you know, we, uh, we definitely, you know, we were playing good football at the right time. Uh, you know, we definitely played – you know, probably our best game in the state championship, uh, which is always what you want to do. But, you know, our defense was uh, really outstanding all year long, but especially in the playoffs. And, um, you know, uh, Lamar was a really, really good football program, and they, I believe they won a state championship in 16 or 17 or something of that regards. But, 
you know, to go in and hold them, um, you know, to 44 yards rushing and really to keep them off the board was was a pretty big accomplishment for us. And, and uh, our guys, you know, like I said, they just they do what their coach to do. They get to the football, and uh, you know, that's kind of um, our coaches do a really good job of preparing them. And uh, but, you know, we're we're you know we're excited and, and very pleased with the way we played in that game. Now, Coach, the one thing that I can tell you this on firsthand, because, again, I, I talked to you off the air about that South Carolina Youth Football Association, that you guys have that 12U program that looked just like, by the way, the varsity program in size and in jersey as uh, they came down here and played in the, the, the upper state championship. You guys got some big guys coming in the system, that's for sure. But you mentioned in one of the conversations with uh, one of the articles that I was catching up on over the afternoon that a lot of the guys that were in the stands, the 7th and 8th graders back in that 2015 now they're part of this 2020 championship. Uh, you know, we talk about building a foundation, Coach. I mean, that right there, perfect scenario and, and, and an observation that you saw right off the hand. Yeah, you know, like I said, we talked about it earlier. Is, is you know, um, you know, I remember those kids, those seniors sitting in the stands and and uh, like you know, little kids, little you know, seventh graders you know, uh, with their, you know, with their South side gear on and jerseys and, you know, rootness on. And, and, uh, you know, one thing about having a middle school attached to the high school is, you know, you get to get, you get to learn and know those kids young and, um, you know, you know, them from the time they're, you know, 11, you know, 11 years old. And, um, you know, so from that standpoint, it was really special to see those guys go out. You know, this group was really unique just from the standpoint of, um, you know, we're, we're not a large school, so nobody, you know, everybody knows everybody's name, so to speak. And, uh, you know, those kids, um, you know, they, they weren't just teammates, you know, there are a lot of cases, they were best friends and, and, you know, those friendships are going to last through a lifetime, you know, and football only makes that bond stronger. So it was really see, you know, anytime you can see those kids, um, you know, go out on top, it's special. And I'm sure every coach feels that way. Yeah, I would say so. Now you guys went in 46 to six as a story, but the other side of the story is that you guys had five different players, get inside and, and put some points on the board. Tell me about that feeling, because as a coach, I know you always want to get the, the, the ball in everybody's hands, but you guys were literally able to do that against a very good team in the lower state and having five different guys score as you guys ended the season 9-0. and Yeah, you know, it, it just kind of uh, – I'd love to tell you that that was the game plan and, and, and that was the – you know, that was, uh, you know, exactly how it went. And, but that'd be, that wouldn't be accurate. It was really just kind of <laughs> – you know, just kind of that's who was open. And, uh, you know, the first touchdown was to Trey Wagner. And Ja'Cory, our quarterback, you know, kind of made a little bit of a Patrick Mahomes-type throw. And, um, you know, and then the next one was kind of over the top. And, and, you know, it just so happens we got, you know, down inside the five-yard line and the opportunity presented itself for, you know, just some different options and to score play-wise, scheme-wise. And it just so happened that, you know, five different guys got in. But it wasn't necessarily by design. I can't take, uh, you know, any credit for that. Let's take some credit where it's due, though, Coach. When you guys go undefeated, you win the region, you do all the things you needed to do, you have a ton of players recognized by all their accolades. Uh, talk about the region. Talk about, you know, getting the players, the coaches, get everybody recognized by your region committee that they got those recognition as those awards start to kind of come out now that the season's over. Yeah, you know, it's special. Um, you know, uh, our quarterback was, you know, ended up being region player of the year. Uh, for that region, and we ended up with, I don't remember exactly, I think it was six or seven guys on the all-region team, and, uh, you know, the hard part is, is, um, you know, when, when you, you know, when the, you know, the opposing coaches sit down and, and, you know, kind of choose, you know, choose the players or who they, you know, best think, 
um, you know, quote unquote, you know, our region players, you know, it's a, such a small sampling of, um, you know, what they did. And, and, you know, if a kid, you know, was hurt a game or two, then he's, you know, going to lose out on those accolades probably more than likely, but he may have come, you know, had a, a big run for you in the playoffs. So, you know, it's nice to be recognized, but, you know, frankly, um, you know, those are, you know, those are, you know, small accolades in comparison to, you know, winning the state championship. And I think all those guys would give up a region player of the year to catch a touchdown pass in the state championship. I know I would. No, no doubt. And you made sure you did the best you could to get as many as you could in there with five different guys there, Coach. Uh, we come into the season, and a few, I want you to talk about the senior class who, who got through some of the adversity of, of course, the COVID season. And, and do we practice? Do we not practice? Well, you guys got to have to practice on your own. So there was a lot of, uh, for the first time of of a few, I would say, you guys, you knew real quick who worked at home and who didn't work at home because all that showed up. Of course, for you guys, 9-0 and and winning in fashion throughout the whole season kind of showed you the character of your team. Talk about this character team this year and, and, and how you could see that these kids weren't just doing it on the football fields or on your fields. They were doing it back in their backyards and anywhere else they needed to do it. Yeah, sure. You know, we, uh, you know, when, 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 uh, you know, when school pretty much got postponed, um, you know, and, and whatever it was late February or something around then early March, you know, then, it's kind of weird because it just kind of happened, you know, the school, you know, schools just kind of said, Hey, we're, we're, you know, we're going virtual. So, you know, you really don't see those guys for March, April and May, and there was no spring football. And then, you know, we came back, uh, the house of the high school league allowed us to, we came back for about two weeks and then Greenville County kind of shut things down. And so we got two weeks of workout in early and then we went, you know, almost six or seven, almost, you know, eight weeks without anything. And, uh, you know, then we kind of got the green light to go back again in August. And, you know, it was just a unique situation, but, you know, we were able to communicate via email and some things like that, and we just told the guys, hey, listen, you know, when your number's called and, what, you know, when we're allowed to practice and we're allowed to play, you know, basically, you know, don't come in out of shape. And we did a pretty good job with that, and it's impossible to, you know, simulate game shape and stuff like that. But, um, you know, overall, I thought our kids did a really good job of, of you know, kind of, you know, staying sharp. Live right now, hanging out with Southside Christian's head football coach of the state championship Sabres here, come in here in fashion. 9-0, and by the way, went 46-6 to against a team, the very good Lakeview team out of the lower part of the state. And the head coach here, Coach Mike Sonnyborn, as he uh, breaks down all the fun stuff that happened throughout the year. Now, you got that senior class. You talked a little bit about what it was like for them. But when you, when you think about it, I guess one of the memories will be what you've already spoke about there, coaches, looking in the stands and, and seeing the same group of young men as seventh and eighth graders. But through this season, through this time, and how many seniors are you going to see graduate? But, but what is a moment, a memory that you'll look back at this class and think, wow, okay, they definitely stood out because of this reason? Well, you know, I think, um, you know, obviously winning the state championship is, is, uh, is, is special and it's, it's surreal. I think um, almost just as good is, is when you know you're going there, when you're in the upper state championship and, you know, it was a really, really good game against Lamar and they played hard and, you know, we really didn't put it away till you know, about four minutes, um, you know, about four minutes left to go in the game and we, you know, we got up by two scores on them and, uh, you know, then you start kind of looking around going, man, this is, you know, this is getting close, getting, you know, it's getting, getting close to happening. And I think the, um, you know, when you, when you actually, when it sinks in that you're going to play in the state championship, um, I just remember that moment being a real special moment for those guys, just because it's, 
you know, it's the, it's the feeling of, Hey, we did it. We got to the state championship. And then, you know, um, you know, the shine wears off of that. And then Sunday rolls around and you're like, okay, now we got to prepare for the state championship. So, but I think, you know, that moment really sticks out as far as those guys just kind of really checking a big goal as far as just getting to the state championship. Now, Coach, when you look at some of this as a coach, uh, what, what are you going to take out of this season other than the fact, of course, you guys won, you know, the state championship. you got a chance to do something special. And uh, it is the notes that Eugene and I try to do as best we can to get the notes and the history of you. But I believe you were, you were on this staff back in the day when y'all won it back in, what, 2015, correct? Yeah, I was. I, I came, I uh, spent uh, 14 years as a head coach down in South Florida and uh, was kind of looking for a little bit of a, of a break. And I came up and ended up taking a job with one of my former uh, uh, high school teammates, a guy named Jason Kaiser, who was the head coach at 15. And I uh, took the OC job there, and um, you know I did that for a year. And then he kind of stepped down as head coach just from a time commitment standpoint. And, um, you know, I took over in 16 and, and um, you know, been the head coach ever since. So that's kind of all I've ever known. But um, – you know, it was special to be on that staff and, and as a coach in 15 just because it was a, you know, it was a different perspective. So, you know, you know, in 20 years I've been, you know, basically a head coach for 19 of the 20. So to win one as an assistant and just have a completely different perspective was um, – it was rewarding, to be honest with you. I coached a lot more football. You don't have to deal with all the other stuff when you're an assistant. But um, right. it was neat, uh, and, uh, um, you know, I'm glad I got to be a part of that and help, you know, Coach Kaiser achieve that goal. Well, Coach, uh, tell me a little bit about your time down in South Florida because, you know, we always hear that, that of course, the ballers down there in South Florida, and, of course, you always think of certain schools that, that come to mind, and I'll I'll let you kind of spit off a few of those names that, that of course, we're familiar with because they've come up here to the lower country uh, and played some football. But Booker T is one of those names that, that always kind of hits my, my ears when I th- think about teams down on that side. But where were you at prior to uh, down there in South Florida? So prior to that, I you know I cut my teeth at uh, at my alma mater, Hollywood Christian, and then I went to Dade Christian in 2003, and I was there from three to 14, and then came here in 15. But yeah, you know we were right down, uh, you know right down there in South Florida with you know Miami Northwestern, St. Thomas, Booker T, Miami Central, Carroll City, American Heritage, you know. So you know frankly the football doesn't get any better than right there, and uh, you know there's. You know, there's D1, you know, high-level Power 5 guys on just about every football team down there. And um, yep. so, you know, it was a really, really good, it was a really, really good place to, to cut your teeth and to learn. And, um, you know, it's pretty cutthroat down there. So, you know, you, you, know, you got to grow up pretty big and put your big boy pants on pretty big. So, <laughs> But, um, you know, I love it here in South Carolina. And, uh, you know, it's, a, a, it's a, probably a tad slower paced. But uh, I've actually enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, um, but I loved coaching here, loved the school, and, and uh, you know I like the way that they I like like the way they do things here in South Carolina. Well, we're proud to have you as a head coach here. We're proud to have you as a, as a state championship coach, and I'm proud of you for jumping on here on Southern Sports Central. And I want to open the arms for you or any of your coaches, any of your players. It, it, our goal here, coach, just so you know, is to bring on you and definitely your players to get that interview process, whether they go to a college or they go to the pros or they go to a job. We want to get this part of the awkwardness of an interview out of the way, right? It's almost like doing the two-a-days right before they hit the season, right? That's kind of what we think about ourselves here as the, the life coaches of, of, of the football program here for all of you guys, wherever it is across the state of South Carolina. So uh, on behalf of all of us, to you, congratulations on a second state championship and your first as a head coach 
And we just are very proud to have you and your program a part of Southern Sports Central, Coach. Well, I appreciate it. You guys do a outstanding job, and anything you know, anytime you can bring, you know, you know, media publicity to high school football here in the great state of South Carolina, it's a, it's a, it's something special. I know the the coaches, kids, and and, and schools appreciate it. Well, Coach, I want to do what I've done to the other coaches. We, of course, uh, partnered up with the, a group of guys that you probably know up there. It's the uh, the uh, South Carolina High School Blitz, and that's Ken Brown's company. Of course, I run this one, and we've worked together as the lower state to the upper state with Miss V there in the middle of the state to uh, kind of smother and cover uh, our high school athletes. We're going to do a senior bowl on the 2nd of January down here in the low country. If you want to come down kind of make a weekend out of it, I'd love to host you and the fam down here and let you kind of see some of the ballers around and show you Charleston. But on the 20th, which is not this Sunday, but a week from Sunday, we'll be in Columbia over there, Ben Lippin. If you can break away, maybe bring the fam around and uh, hang out with us over there as well. I'll put a headset on you and we can talk some football. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll talk to the family and see what we got going on and uh, I'll touch base if we can make that happen. You're a good man, coach. Thank you so much for the, uh, the opportunity to be a part of you guys here tonight. Bring your, uh, your campus and your program on the air to Southern Sports Central. Congratulations again on your state championship. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, we have had four state championship coaches in three outs. Oh, and by the way, did I tell you we started off with who was that? Yeah, David Shelton, the guru of gurus of high school sports. You hear him right here on Wednesdays at 630. Of course, you hear him with Bill Cornblue on uh, on Friday nights. He's part of that big scoreboard that I call in and a lot of other play-by-play guys call in. Eugene, come back in here with me for the next eight minutes before we sign off the air, man. I tell you what, I didn't know. I had no clue that Coach Mike was part of that South Florida crew that came up here and brought some of that talented coaching style and strategy and football playing into that team up there at Southside Christian. See, now it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense of uh, how good and how amazing season that they had as they had a 46-6 win. And I thought the headliner is that they had five different dudes score under uh, the state championship game, man. That's, that was huge. I've never seen a, a, a such a dominating effect uh, on, on the levels in quite some time with a 46-6 win. I keep saying it because it almost seems, you know, like it's not real. Yeah, and, and they're a special team. You know, last year uh, they were up, uh, they kind of move around. They were in 1A right. when they won that title that he mentioned five years ago. Uh, they moved up to 2A, and most people thought they had a shot last year. Now, uh, we all know who won 2A last year. It wasn't the big A. It was Saluda. Well, there was one was. team that defeated Saluda all season. That was Southside Christian. <clears throat> Excuse me. Unfortunately, Southside Christian's quarterback, who's a very, very talented athlete uh, in his own right, uh, uh, injured his knee pretty, pretty severely and it finished his season. Uh, they went into the playoffs. They played Saluda, on, uh, and it was a very, very close game. They put up a ton of points on Saluda. Now, we know what Saluda did. Saluda ended up knocking out Abbeville uh, in, in short fashion and completely shut down the big A big title game and you know i mean no disrespect to barnwell saluda just played a great game you know it almost seemed like barnwell didn't cross the bus it's certainly not the barnwell team you and i saw in the lower state championship um so you know Southside has been loaded for a while and and certainly a lot of people thought they were you know had a chance to win that title last year you know so so to come back from that loss uh to build the program back you know the quarterback's a, a, a different guy um and he's young 
they actually have some of these offensive stars are very young. Uh, the defensive guys, well, I thought the defense, like he mentioned, played a heck of a game getting those interceptions, the four and outs, uh, you know, and we had a linebacker on the other night and said, you know, the biggest play of his career was that Lamar right. play. Where, right. And I was following along live. You know, they, they were only up, I think it was 16 to 8 or something like that. And Lamar had the ball on the final drive. There was probably about two minutes to go in the game. Uh, they get him to a fourth down, and, and the young man makes a sack to seal that game and preserve that victory to get him to the state title game. And then here comes Lakewood. You know, uh, uh, you know the Wild Gators had only allowed, what was it, uh, 20 points all season 20. At, at the most? Yeah. And, and they go into halftime up 24, you know, having scored, I think it was 24 or 27 points. You know, hats off. And, you know, you said about the special teams earlier. You know, to me, I look at special teams as um, – you know, you just got to kind of lunch pail. You go out and do your job. If you kick the ball off, you're expected to kick a touchback. If it's an extra point, if it's a field goal, you're expected to put it to the uprights. There's no, you know, well, it was close. Well, close doesn't put points on the board. Uh, you know, you can't just recover like a, you know, sometimes you can say a linebacker misses a tackle. Well, you get him in the next play. Well, you can't do that in special teams. If it's a punt, you better flip the field, make it where those dudes can't catch it. You know, put it out of bounds, put that rolling kick down there, something like that, so you kind of, you know, make those guys have to march the whole field. Um, so I think it's a momentum changer. But hats off to his special team guy, uh, a kicker that I've seen up at um, River Bluff High School doing work. You know, he actually set his personal record long field goal in that game very early. I think it was the first quarter. He missed his, the first extra point in the game. And what does the young man do? He comes back and he sets – he bangs out two straight field goals. One of them was a personal record long for him. Uh, and, and I thought that was pretty impressive. And then next thing I know, you know, they're kicking off and I'm getting the, the play-by-play from, um, from, from Jen's sister, who, who's an administrator up at the school. And, and, you know, she's like, wow, first play, interception, we got the ball back. I'm like, wow. You know, I mean, that's how you score. That's how you perform when it matters the most in a state title game. That's how you put a team away, and you force right. them to do things they don't like to do. When you go up big on a running team, you know, it kind of forces them to have to chuck that ball and get those, you know, huge chunks of yards. Well, when they did that, those guys were picking the ball off. I think they had two or maybe three interceptions in the game. So uh, that was a very impressive showing from 1A. I know the 1As don't always get the love as the 5As uh, for being as competitive. But, you know, for the upper state team to whoop a lower state team that had just dominated – like the Wild Gators have, I think it made a right. heck of a statement for his staff, his kids, and that program. You're exactly right there, Eugene. And, again, you know, we're very fortunate to, to get so many great coaches on the show tonight. Of course, we started off uh, with David Shelton, of course, Boston Courier. He was hanging out over at Charleston Sports Pub. He came in, dropped some knowledge, and then out he went. We took the bus <laughs> over to the Dutch Fork in Columbia with Coach Tom Knott. He gets five in a row. He's got six in the state. He's got seven from, I believe, uh, North Carolina. That puts him at 13. You can do the math from the rest of the stuff. But the main one that he cares about the most is the one he just had. But you heard him say right here, uh, you know, they've already changed the logo over there (laughs) at the campus. So, you know, I believe the tradition continues is what they're going to be placing on this year's shirt. Now, we stayed in Columbia because we went over to AC floor with Coach Curtis. He joined us here 
and uh, picked up their first state championship, by the way, in 4A. Big win there. And then we got that guest come in out of, uh, well, a team that you and I have talked a lot about and, and a team that, quite frankly, we were excited to get in here at the last minute. It was Coach uh, Jeff Ruster from Daniel. Now, he's won two as a coach, one as a coach, two as a player, and his stories, I thought, were great. And that's kind of the neat thing about each one of these coaches. And then we just wrapped it up all the way in the upstate as uh, Coach uh, Sonny Bourne, who joined us here as a, uh, as a coach that's won it as, as, a, as, as a coach on the staff and now as a head coach. That, to me, says so much uh, about all of these individuals. And we got one more state championship to be played. I'm going to speak it, put it in the atmosphere, and hope that the boys of Abbeville and Marion get it underway. They've come too far to just come this far, Commish. Let's do what we got to do. I don't care if they got to wait to February. They're cool with it. They've been waiting this long. Let them play the game when they get it in. Now, we want to thank all of our guests that listen tonight. We encourage you tomorrow night to listen to Miss V. She is going to have the South Carolina High School Blitz show at 6 o'clock. It ends at 9, three hours. Who knows who drops in? Could be me, Eugene, a few coaches and players. A lot going on right here on Southern Sports Central. God bless you, Eugene. Great job tonight over there on Twitter World at SO Sports Central. Also on Facebook at Southern Sports Central, guys. Uh, we want to, again, thank all of our coaches and congratulate all their programs on another successful season. Whether you made it or not, you got a chance to do what you needed to do, and that's play the game of Friday Night Lights here in the state of South Carolina. To all those who won, congratulations. Enjoy the memories that you made between now and then, guys. Eugene, enjoy the night. We'll see you guys right back here tomorrow night at 6 p.m. with, of course, the High School Blitz, guys. Fight the challenge.